0: Welcome back to the much delayed, ever evolving podcast of Men in the Machine. I am Kevin. I'm DJ. And today, okay, so what we are doing is something we talked about on our previous. Well, I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast, but we definitely talked about One Piece. Is comparing, contrasting, and ultimately coming to personal decisions. Maybe a maybe a together decision, but nonetheless, <laughs> personal decisions about what is better. Water Seven, Ennis Lobby, and and Post Ennis Lobby, and the Chimera Ant Ark in Hunter Hunter. This is something that's been brewing for a while with us, and I, I even came up with a name for what we're going to call this now.
1: This is Tournament of Arcs.
0: Yes, the... I really I really like <laughs>
1: Tournament of Arcs.
0: And as so that that was the initial plan. We've talked about this ever since I started ranting well, and raving about Water Seven.
1: Yeah, you basically uh, I think we were we were having a chat once, mm-hmm. uh, a group chat, and you were like Water Seven. Is the best arc,
0: yeah, shown in anime. I uh, know I called Marine Ford the best arc. You, in, yeah, you did in say all of Shonen, but Water you Seven did. was the most, mm, <sighs> the the highest quality anime arc out there.
1: Right, and then uh, like during this time, uh, Craig, a good yeah. friend of ours, who's you know been on the Watchmen podcast that didn't yeah. finish, friend of the ca- game. <laughs> hey,
0: will it will COVID?
1: But he was watching uh, Hunter Hunter at the time. Yeah. And when he got through it, he made the bold statement that
0: Chimera Ant was the greatest arc in all of shonen anime and how he doesn't know anything can top it. Yeah. Which is a common understanding for that anime. It is insanely high regarded. Mm-hmm. Rightfully so, we came to find out. Um, so we were ready to do mano imano mano, hand to hand, and... Of course, we wanted to have... At
1: this point, you had seen One Piece, so you were like, that's fighting words. <laughs> yes, I, as I do. I had watched some of One Piece and some of Hunter Hunter, but I had not seen the respective arcs in either show. Right. I had not gotten that far. So I was like, you know what? As a relatively neutral party in this, mm-hmm. I'm going to watch both of
0: them, and then we can compare it on a podcast. We can we can hash this out. I think you were in... like Because you were starting One Piece for the sake of how often we talked about it. But you were probably around, like, Grand Line times when this was all starting. Yeah, probably, like, around Logtown, maybe. Yeah. Um, Maybe getting toward Alabasta a little. I don't know. Yeah, so starting to get into, uh, Tommy and I had this conversation recently, starting to get into the real meat and potatoes of the show, which, to tell someone, watch a hundred episodes to get to the, (laughs) I understand that's right, but I stand that the first hundred is actually still good Mm. um, stuff. So... What this led to was DJ watched it all. Um, I would jump in with him every now and again, but I was kind of inconsistent for that. And then he got all the way through. I did watch my favorite moment in all of Water 7, which we'll talk about with Mm you. Um, He made it through, and immediately we decided, like, this is when we turned the jets on, Let's watch Hunter Hunter, not just Chimera Ant, all of it together. We need to see all of the context. And we blasted through all 136 episodes. Oh, inc- screw it, let's include the Election Arc. It's we 148 total at the end, was, yep. or something like that. Um, in about three weeks. It only took us about two and a half weeks, which is awesome. Um, and, and what I wanted to do of Arc vs. Arc turned into how much I loved Hunter Hunter, but also how many problems I have with it. Anime versus anime, so the podcast wouldn't be as easy as just like, well, what about this and what about? So I want. Well, there, there's
1: so many moving parts to both yeah. of them that it, it's unfair to just be like, uh, this is Chimera and and this is Water Seven and yeah. here's these two in a vacuum and the, like there, there's so much to
0: talk about with this and especially the following, the, right? It's not like we're watching some weird little indie thing and we can just be like, which author did this and that different. It's like no, these are both juggernauts in the shounen space. They're both on the cover of Shonen Jump every month, even though Hunter x Hunter's been on hiatus, and One Piece has been around 25 years. Like, they're both still the animes as far as
1: a lot you, of people. Are you concerned. know that if the current hiatus ever ends, it's going yeah. to be like a big event in Shonen Jump. Oh. They're like, oh, Togashi's back! Right, <laughs> It's gonna
0: it's gonna blow the roof off. So, what we're gonna do instead is two to three to four podcasts... All talking about different things in there, and, and what I want to start with is One Piece. I think that's okay. It, it follows up with our drunk cast uh, well. Now I'm coherent. Um, <laughs> yep. I'm not just going to yell the whole time. And you can't get the gravity of of what Water Seven and Ennis Lobby mean without getting the buildup. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and I, and it's 230 episodes in when it starts, or two, not quite, because 230 is when Usopp and Luffy fight. So it's like 215 episodes in roughly. When you really get into the meat and potatoes of Water 7. And the stuff before it, not all of it is necessarily something we have to talk about, but you, there's some very key points that we're going to get into. Well,
1: One Piece arcs famously do not stand in a vacuum as well as yeah. arcs in other shows. Yeah. And that includes Chimera Ant and
0: Hunter yeah. Hunter. That's like asking someone to just watch Return of the King. No, just skip two towers and skip a skip a. And not only that, you can just fast forward through all the stuff that's in <laughs> yeah. the Hobbits
1: and in, in, uh, Lord of the Rings because the journey up Mount Doom is the real part. Right? <laughs> yeah. you, you can just skip anytime Aragorn's on the screen, just fast forward it. Yeah. And obviously, you can't
0: do that, so um, that's why <laughs> He's I the actual king who's it. returning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, here's your official. Spoiler warning. I said that on the last one, and I accidentally spoiled something pretty big for DJ until he got it at the end of this arc. Um, I remember on that drum cast, I told you that Monkey D. Garp was Luffy's grandpa. And you're like, wait, that's his grandpa? And I was like, yeah, you know that, right? And you're no, you didn't. I forgot how long in that came because that's a one piece syndrome. You don't know where stuff was introduced or not. You just assume everyone knows all of it.
1: In the manga, it's even more subtle. They don't even like tell you his name at first. He's just like, "Here's a picture of what yeah. Kobe and Helmeppo are doing." Yeah. Here's this old guy. Yeah, you don't then, know who he is. I think is. the
0: first time that you meet him, he's called just the Hero Garp. He's Admiral Garp. Yeah, or, and he's uh, Gra- Vice Admiral Garp. He's right. not an admiral, and that's he's just in, throwing that's cannonballs. Uh, that's is that yeah? You attack him the first time you see him, right? Uh, I don't actually know. Uh, it's
1: something going on with Morgan and... Uh, oh, okay. so No, he does not attack them exactly. at that
0: point. He doesn't attack him until post-Tennis Lobby. He does throw cannonballs. Yeah, that's, that's his thing. <laughs> that's his thing. Um, but that's... that's uh, So that's your official spoiler warning. Uh, this episode is entirely one piece. Uh, we're going to do a little bit of early stuff and jump right into Water 7 and Lobby and mm-hmm. what makes it as big as it is. So let me start with a question. All right. I've asked you this before. I don't remember your answer. Doesn't matter. We're putting it on the record. Did Water Seven live up to the incredibly stupid lofty expectations I kept throwing out? I'm a bit of a I'm a bit of a hype man, so I understand that I go too far. So I'm not going to be like you piece of shit. It's the best. But did it at least hit some of the key? Well, I don't really hinge a whole lot on hype, right? Um, when it when it you're comes the to exact that, opposite of so me.
1: So I I I don't really get built up enough to be let down. Um, but Water Seven did not let me down. I yeah. thought it was. An excellent arc, both in how it ties into the previous stuff, how it sets up for later stuff, and the the thing that I, I really liked about it was that the conflict was way more personal than I thought it was going to be, I in think a good it's way. The
0: most personal so far. Mm-hmm. So, so One Piece lobbies a lot on the the trope uh, that I, I actually personally think One Piece does the best in maybe set. I don't know much about early 90s and 80s shonen, but... It relies on the trope of the gang shows up, something's going on, they're going to take care of it. That's the that's the big thing. They show up to a party that other stuff not relating to them is going on and they decide because of they find someone they really like, uh, they're searching for an answer, whatever. Hey, we've got to take care of this. Alabasta's kind of that. They're just going through the Grand Line, Brock Works fucks with them a bit and they don't like that. And then they meet Vivi and she's like you got to help me and you know, it's just one of those but it is very good. Water 7, on the other hand, is about them, it's about their crew, it's about their ship, it's about their ambitions, it's about... It is the most personal to me, I think, so far. It, yeah, and it's it
1: scaled back from, like, in terms of its scale, it's not a, a, a huge sweeping scale of an arc. The implications are big from mm-hmm. what happens in it, but, like, the... F- so like the previous arc they were fighting god and if they failed <laughs> yeah. he was going to kill an entire They were island. fighting god in the clouds in the sky <laughs> an and, unknown sky island that is a myth <laughs> and if they failed he was going to kill everyone he was <laughs> yeah. he was planning
0: to do a genocide that was the yeah. fail condition and and um, you have a lot of really fun overarching uh, themes of like colonialism and like like nativism and stuff like that and you're mm-hmm. doing these big sweeping gestures and
1: yeah it, it's like absolutely huge in terms of scale and this one if the heroes fail one person goes to jail <laughs> yeah.
0: one lady and a friend go and- to jail
1: yeah, well, one lady and an acquaintance of the crew that they're not sure if they really like, honestly. Right, right.
0: So that's a better point.
1: <laughs> a dirt bag. Yeah. One lady, some dirt bag, and uh, maybe one other person quits this crew. Yeah. That, that, that's the fail condition. Yeah. And yet, yeah, it feels very intense. Yeah,
0: they, so, so what Water 7 is, is they are sailing after that. They fell from the sky uh, after Skypia, um, and their ship is damaged, and they're like, well, f- we need to fix this. And they stumble onto a lady and a frog at a bait at a a, 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 a little just brick building floating in the ocean. Mm-hmm. Uh, the frog, one of my favorite. His name is. Um, oh uh, yeah, uh,
1: you know what? For the for the uninitiated, what here's what One Piece is. Yeah, it's a show about Luffy, yep. Monkey D. Luffy. Well, yeah, thank you. He wants to be king of the pirates. Yeah,
0: he's just some guy who's uh, he's a real stretchy boy. <laughs> yeah, his power is the Gomu Gomu Fro... Uh, fruit which is uh, gum gum fruit which is rubber man he's mr fantastic and rubber man you know he's got a very like he's got a very childish outlook on the
1: world like Mm -hmm. yeah pirates are fun and we're going to do fun pirate stuff and like oh no the world's not like that Mm -hmm. but the the thing is instead of like going out into the wild wild world and being beaten down and jaded by it Luffy's got his rubber man powers that make him invincible, so the world kind of ends up conforming yeah. to what Luffy wants it to be because he is invincible and can
0: do that. <laughs> and his dream of being the king of pirates is because he dreams of freedom. The world, as you learn, and especially in this arc, especially Water 7, the government's fucked. The world government is terrible, and the only way to gain true freedom is to be a pirate with no one telling you what to do. I'm going to live my life, which is, again, a massive theme here because of Robin, yeah. the main... Um, Plot device for this story. Do what you want because a pirate is free. Yeah. You are a pirate. <laughs> exactly. Um, so they stumble up here and they're like, We need to fix our ship because a crew is nothing without their ship. Now here's where the in a vacuum starts to fall apart. That ship means nothing to someone watching a pirate show. No. It's a ship. And neither does Nico Robin, if we're being real. Well yeah, and Nico Robin's. Or beat. Usopp. <laughs> I mean, so the crew has their dynamic you can balance, hmm. but Robin especially is the stoic no name in the corner. Yeah, actually, let, let's so, talk you know, about the characters. We talked about Luffy. All right, so you got Luffy, you have got the right hand man Zoro, who was a bounty hunter, and he's going to be the world's greatest swordsman. And all he does is drink ale. That's quite literally Zoro. He he fights, he drinks, he sleeps, he and gets he lost. Is insanely loyal. Yeah, uh, he does not yeah, allow uh, other people to interact with the crew in any way outside of the captain's needs. He is the guy who is like what Luffy says goes and I will die on this hill with him. That's Zoro's great. Then you have Sanji, the cook, yep. uh the third of the three monsters, which is what the well, they're not technically called that. There was a whole episode of a uh, Grand Line review about that, but they're the three buff guys. They're the fighters. They are yeah, the
1: other members of the crew call them monsters.
0: Yeah, they call them monsters like twice and then someone else uh when they're uh, when they're like you're talking about the Straw Hats Pirates, and they're like, oh, yeah, they have the, th- they have the three monsters. I think it says once. Um, mm. he's, he's the kicking guy. He's the chef of the crew. He is will do anything for a woman to a fault. He will not fight a woman. That's a running crux with him. He's the traditional anime uh, uh, stereotype of the heart eyes falling he's over. He's Brock. Yeah, he's Brock, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Okay, I never thought about that, but yeah. Um, but he's the other fighter, And he he fights
1: exclusively with his feet because, as a chef, his hands are as bread and butter. They should be used only for
0: cooking, never for fighting. That would just sully the sacred nature of cooking. Yep. Uh, Then you have Nami, the ship's navigator. She is incredibly greedy, always lusting for gold, and she is... Probably the smartest member of the crew. Probably the real captain. (laughs) Like, if
1: we're being real. Um, it's okay though. Luffy's not like all all big on internal power struggles. I'm, he he is the leader from a moral standpoint. Mm-hmm. He does not care that Nami makes the shot
0: calling when yeah. it comes to navigation and yeah. Which logistics. Is very important again for the in a vacuum about this arc. You need to understand how this crew works together for Water Seven to hit as hard as it can. As it can. Because you, you mm-hmm. when we get there you make a very good point uh, about if you saw Luffy Usopp fight without knowing about it, you'd be like Oh, that sucks! Like, all right, they fought, um, and then, which leads me to Usopp, who is the third member, to, fourth member to ever join the crew. Their third member, no fourth, yeah. technically, because Robin's after or Nami's after that, but she's not. You know, Nami was with them by the time they met Usopp, but she wasn't really super loyal to yeah. them. She was intending to backstab. Me.
1: Luffy considered her a member of the right. crew at that point, so no he's the
0: third, point. fourth official, third real member of the crew. He's the uh, world's greatest sniper. World's greatest warrior, world's greatest liar, uh, world's greatest <laughs> he is, uh, everything. He's a legendary captain with
1: over 8,000 men.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and his whole shtick is that he's actually a super big coward. He can't fight very well. But he's very smart, and he comes up with uh, ways to, to trick his way out of any situation. And he is the temporary shipwright at the time of Water 7. He has been the one trying to fix the Going Merry because it came from his home village. The ship came as kind of a package deal with him. Yeah, it was a present from from the lady they saved Usopp's best yeah. friend at the it time. It was like
1: the, the this like governess of this island. Yeah. Uh Kaya, she's Usopp's best friend growing up basically. Mm-hmm. Um maybe a little bit
0: of a romantic angle but Oda doesn't write romance really He doesn't so. really play ro- No, no. <laughs> He's done it like once or twice, but it's always very Don't worry about it. Yeah.
1: It, he'll write romance like the same way a sitcom will have romance so yeah. like they, these two are a couple uh, yeah. and they do a couple things don't
0: worry about it <laughs> yeah and then you have uh, Tony Tony Chopper who is the doctor they meet oh, him Usopp and Luffy are like best friends
1: too I think oh, that's important to mention no
0: it is uh, so anytime in the show everyone's doing their thing Zoro, if he's ever happy it's because they're A. done with a battle he won and he's drinking and he just feels good he enjoys adventure not in the way of screaming and doing everything that's where Usopp comes in. Adventure with Luffy is supposed to be this, like, party-popping, champagne bottles going off, we're having a great time, and all of the people in the crew are like, hey, we're doing pirate stuff. Usopp, though, is like, yeah, Luffy! Like, he's having a good time, he's jumping, he's he's partying, he's laughing and, like, dancing on the front. He's Those two guys are, are, are the energy of the crew. Yeah, and the two of them have, like, a great deal of, like, mutual respect for one another. Yeah. And, and Luffy actually believes the vast majority of the lies Usopp says until <laughs> they don't become true. And he always writes it off as, oh, Usopp took care and, of it.
1: Usopp constantly lies about being the captain, which Luffy will be like, no, wait, no, hold on. <laughs> yeah.
0: But he never actually like gets mad about it. He's yeah, just like, you know, and that's just Usopp, whatever. Up, up until this point in the story, yes, they are a crew with a captain, but in reality, they're friends on a journey. Yeah. And that's, and that's fun. And that's endearing. And that's what you're going through together, um. And it's why it sets up the fights the way it does. It always, you know, Luffy takes the big guy, but everyone's always chiming in. So, and Robin, they picked up in Alabasta, which is an insanely good anime arc on its own, you know, in its own regards. So, Robin,
1: uh, uh, right, you you mentioned Chopper too. We kind of. Oh, I'm over. sorry.
0: Yeah, because I got distracted by the Usopp thing. Chopper <laughs> is the doctor. They met Chopper uh, on I don't something island. Drum Island. Drum Island, um, right after entering the Grand Line. And he's got a cool backstory. He's a deer that ate the human-human fruit, so that gives him you know, the ability to talk and a personality in multiple forms uh, that he can transform through. And he's the little brother to Usopp and Luffy. He's the, you guys are so cool. He's also a bit of energy and fun, but um, more reserved. Mm-hmm. And he, he does the cute hide thing.
1: people believe 100% of Usopp's
0: lies (laughs) yeah and anytime Zoro like cuts a rock in half he's just in awe at how cool Zoro is (laughs) Chopper I think that's one of the most understated things about Chopper and it always makes me laugh is how cool he thinks Zoro is Mm. he thinks what people do is amazing but he always points out that Zoro's like that really awesome jock he's just like damn you're cool (laughs) Zoro and I love that about Chopper I think that's And anytime
1: someone tells Chopper that he's cool, he's just
0: like, oh, uh, no, you yeah. just uh, shucks. You don't he's have to, uh, bashful as hell, and he tries to do this funny little hide thing where he ducks behind a corner when he doesn't want you to see him, but his entire body's sticking out. Tony Tony's wonderful. Um, but while we're wrapping up this quick synopsis to get into talking we about the really art. You really have to get into Robin. Robin is what Water 7 is about. You know very little about her. Um, you've gotten two big... Pieces of her character throughout. One was obviously in Alabasta when we meet her. She's... She's introduced as a villain. Yes. Uh, the s- number two in yep. uh, that
1: Basically... Miss Sunday? Yeah. Uh, uh, yes, I
0: think it's Miss Sunday. It's Miss Sunday. Or is it Miss Wednesday? No, it's Sunday. It's Sunday, okay. Is it like double Sunday or something? I can't no, remember. Uh, yeah, well, whatever. But she's number two in Baroque Works, I believe, right? Yeah,
1: basically the way Baroque Works work, It's your your typical anime secret society. There, there's an equivalent in uh, Hunter Hunter, which we'll get into when we get there. Yeah, but they have they are only known by numbers. Yep. Uh, and each number nine, has, I think, nine people. In there's like place. there's like fifteen or something. I can't. Is remember. there? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Um. And each like the numbers are based on how powerful they are. So yes. number one is the most powerful, and like number fifteen is the weakest. Yeah. Um. And each numbered agent or the least useful. Yeah. Each numbered agent has uh, an assistant mm-hmm. who is named after a day of the week. Yes. So Crocodile is Mr. Zero. He's the leader of Baroque Works. Yeah. And his assistant is Miss Double Sunday, which is... or
0: It is Double Sunday, right? I, I can't remember. Which is Nico Robin. Yes. And they give you very little about like how she joined, why she joined, and what she's doing. But they basically tell you, like, she backstabbed someone. Crocodile. You you find out as the arc goes on that
1: the relationship between really anyone in Baroque works is just, it's a strictly business thing. Yeah. They are not friends with each other. They would sell each other out yeah. for any chance to get ahead. And this is especially true of Crocodile. Yeah. And his relationship to Robin is a transactional one. Yeah. Robin has a unique ability that is possessed
0: pretty much only by her. They call it the... Uh, uh, Flower fruit. Hand, well, she, she, well, of course, she has a devil fruit, which is right. the flower flower fruit. Flower flower fruit, yep. Which allows her to sprout any part of her body anywhere, quite literally. And,
1: and it's freaky, and it has led to people being, like, kind of freaked out by her. But it's also
0: badass. It is pretty and badass. And she has the grossest finishing move, clutch, where her hands literally crack your spine in half. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh it's brutal but anyways yeah she
1: snaps people with her bare hands yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome with lots of hands popping out of things yeah she uh, is not set up as a
0: redeeming character at all in know
1: her her introduction is her like threatening the crew and
0: telling them that they shouldn't mess with baroque work because she just shows up on the boat she's just Mm -hmm. standing there in her cool that's when she's wearing the white outfit with the white hat the cowboy cowboy hat hat, yeah Yeah, Yeah. i freaking love that design but you find
1: out that the other unique thing about her Mm. is that she can read these ancient writings called poneglyphs. yeah and she's like the only at the point we're introduced to her she's the only person in the world that can do it yeah and we don't know why she's the only person in the world that can do it. That turns out to be important.
0: Yeah, that's where all of Water 7's about. Um, um, and they but, also do talk about how she deceives. Crocodile points it out. Crocodile's like, this bitch will... Crocodile has no trust in her, yeah. but because she
1: can read the poneglyphs, she's useful to Crocodile. Mm-hmm. They both understand the relationship and loyal to each other goes no deeper than that. Yeah. Because Crocodile's whole plan in Alabasta is that he wants to get to the this poneglyph that is basically kept beneath the royal uh, palace, like in the royal tomb. Mm-hmm. Because there is a legend that the Poneglyphs, if deciphered, can point to an ancient weapon called the Pluton. Yeah. Crocodile wants to seize control of the Pluton so that he can dominate the entire seas. Yeah. Uh, Nobody knows exactly what the
0: Pluton is, but it's said to be a weapon of great power and destruction. Also, Crocodile doesn't want to dominate the seas. He wants his kingdom. And Mm -hmm. Pluton is his answer to be like, you can't fuck with me anymore. I own what I own. That's very important because a lot of characters... Throughout, one piece have different goals of conquering different things. Mm-hmm. There's some that want to be um, uh, the leader of the world government. There's some that want to be the pirate king. There's some that want to own this, that, and the other. There's actually a character much later that wants to rule the world in a way that's like, it, it's different. Um, but it's crocodile. It's important to point out, and this is like his fault in losing his fight and everything. He wants specifically for whatever reason Alabasta, and he wants to defend his, you know, defend it with whatever needs, which Pluton will give him that. Mm -hmm. i don't know why we're talking about alabasta let's keep no we need to because this
1: is this is the arc that i think informs water seven the most
0: yeah yeah
1: basically robin ends up there there's a big falling out between robin and crocodile because when they finally get
0: to the stone it does not actually have information about the pluton and robin this is when the turn is revealed like she also did not give a fuck about Crocodile. She also she only want, wanted to read the Poneglyphs. She doesn't care about the, the Pluton. She cares about, the, like, what is it, the Lost Century? The Lost Century, yeah. The, the ancient history of the world that has been completely shut off by the world government.
1: So she wanted. To, she was
0: with Crocodile
1: to get access to the Poneglyph. Mm-hmm. She didn't care about the actual contents or if it said anything about the Pluton. Yeah. So she gets to it, she reads it, it has nothing to do with the Pluton. Relationship over. Yeah. And Crocodile was treating her like shit the whole time yeah. anyway. She was she was playing both sides and helping
0: the Straw Hats yeah. get ahead of Crocodile as well. So she she's very clearly a double agent. Um, and when she joins them, it's mostly because Luffy's like, I like the cut of your jib, lady. Well, no, she
1: literally just shows up on the ship again and she's like, I'm part of your
0: crew now. Yeah. And Luffy's just like... Hell yeah! Come on! And they sail off, and I think Nami tries to talk him out yeah, of it. I
1: think, like, literally no one except Luffy is on board with <laughs> yeah, this.
0: Yeah, that checks out. Um, ex- and I think Zoro's, uh, again, just like, oh, whatever Cap says, moving mm. on. Um, and, and when you're going through, she's always super reserved in every major event that the crew deals with. Like, when they're in big fights, yes, she uses her power here and there, but mostly she's either, A, trying to save someone, like in the crew, or standing back and doing her own thing. Like when they're in Skypia, she's searching for a poneglyph the whole time. She goes to that ancient, like, uh, broken down piece of uh, the, the city, whatever the hell that was called. But what, it, I, yes, and she does take, like, a back seat in
1: Skypia yeah. because of that. But actually, what's happening with her in Skypia is really important mm-hmm. because she's looking through all this ancient history, reading these poneglyphs, and, you know, not doing much else. Mm-hmm. And the rest of the crew is like. Hell yeah, you do that. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's great. I'm glad that you're doing yeah. this. And it's like the first time anyone's actually been like that with yeah. her.
0: Like, hey, have some like, fun. Every,
1: everyone else who's met her has always had a goal in mind with yeah.
0: her. Whether it be turning her in for her bounty, she has a substantial bounty even yeah, before eight, they meet her. 80 million? Yeah, 80 million, yep. I think. Um, which is a lot of lettuce around here and people, and and this is since she was a little girl. I think she's like eight uh, or nine when it happens, um, when she finally gets her bounty and she's on the run. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, this is the first time people accept her and say, have some fun. Do mm-hmm. do the thing you want to do, Robin, not the thing you have to do or the thing you're trying to do. They're just like, have some have some good time. And she does her thing, and they obviously defeat the bad yeah. guy and move on. Yeah, the crew isn't super interested in the Poneglyphs, but they respect that Robin yeah. is. Yeah. So. They don't fully understand him yet, for the most part. Luffy obviously just doesn't give a shit. Mm-hmm. But the rest of the people are just like, you want to read about history? Like, Sure. No one in the crew has shown any sort of um, desire to know anything about that. I would be surprised if any of them had ever even heard of the a Century Void. Like I would be surprised if any of them even knew it happened. Um, so they're doing all that, and then they go through Skypia and they complete it, and then you get to the Long Ring Long Lake arc, which is a very silly little game arc, a little, a little you know fun joke arc. And but it is extremely important to Water Seven because the very end of it. Um, uh, not a kainu, that's the other one. Um, uh, oh god, this is gonna drive me. Aokiji. Up. Aokiji, yep. Well, he's that's voiced, his, he's voiced by Dio. <laughs> that's his, uh, oh yeah, that's right. That's his admiral name. His real name is, um, Kuzan, I think. Um, but either way, Aokiji shows up. He's one of the admirals of, of, uh, of the military. There's only three, um, and he has the power of ice. He can, he's freaking awesome. He can freeze anything. And when he shows up, you think, like, oh, okay, this is going to be a crazy fight. And instead, he freezes Robin immediately, and he's talking to her. And when he's speaking to her, he's well, like... first, Robin is terrified of him when they first meet him. Oh, yeah, she's he's not even,
1: like, attacking the crew. He was even like... Oh, he's sleeping, I'm not, I'm he's not, sleeping against yeah. a hut. He's like, look, I'm not here on official Navy business. I'm not mm. going to, like... I'm not going to mess with you guys. Yeah. But, but even then, Robin's
0: like, no, no, not this fuck. No, yeah. no, 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 no. And then Luffy, obviously doing what Luffy does, all right, I'll fight you. And the conversation he has with her is um, basically, hey, I let you live because I thought, and I told you, like, just live, but now the crew I see you're with, you're going to be capable of the things everyone was scared of. It's very vague, and it's mostly just him being like... Yeah, and he's like, I I feel like now I do have to have some business with you guys. He's like, unfortunately, I have no choice because you chose the Straw Hats. I have no choice but to step in. And he freezes her, and then Luffy, like, grabs her and sends her, and he's like, get her to the boat, and Luffy decides he's going to fight a right there, because he has to. He has to defend Not Akainu, his... Aokiji. Oh, Aokiji, right. Um, have you seen... Yeah, you see Akainu he pops in, up in the but... flashback for um, Ohara. So he tries to fight him, gets instantly outclassed, frozen, and Aokiji's just like, you know what, Luffy? You're a good guy, and I see your intent- intentions. I'll let you guys go for now, but just know... That girl is not who you think. She is more dangerous than ever, and she will cross you. And mm. Luffy's obviously like, you don't know what you're talking about. That's my my lady. And he gets frozen over, and Aokiji leaves. And now, going back even a little further
1: in Long Ring Long Land, mm. which uh, it has less to do with this arc, but it starts setting up thematically, because okay, there's, yep. there's a through line of this. The whole thing of Drlo- Long Ring Long
0: Land feels, feels like filler. I've always told this to you, because I didn't know that filler officially was stuff that wasn't in the manga. I never knew that. I thought filler was, like, silly, non-main storyline stories. So I thought Long Ring, Long Lake was filler forever until you told me, like, nope, that's actually in it. I'm like, oh, shit, okay. But what
1: it, what it does is they're, they're basically playing against a rival pirate crew in a thing called the Davyback Games, which, you know, the two captains challenge each other and they have to play a series of pirate games. Mm-hmm. And the winner of each pirate game gets to take either a member of the, the opposing crews. They, they take a member of the opposing crew and put them in their crew. Yeah. Or they take their Jolly Roger if they don't want any members of the crew.
0: Which means Losing you, your
1: Jolly Roger means you basically lost your identity as a pirate. Yep.
0: You lose your crew. You're not allowed to fly it ever again. There's like very strict rules for what it means to... Your flag is everything, we'll learn in Water 7. Your flag is everything. So if you lose it, you're done. You're not on the seas anymore. You go live a life being a freaking blacksmith. Who cares? And what we learn
1: from this arc is that the idea of losing even a single member of his crew, mm. even if they don't get, like, killed, even if they're going to be fine, even if they're in this bigger crew where they're going to be well taken care of, mm. it doesn't matter. Luffy would sooner die yeah. than let anyone,
0: than lose any member of his crew. Yep. And he just got... So, that's actually good to, to say. We should I should have said that, yeah, before we talked about Aokiji, because this is the first time that he's ever been outclassed in a way like this. He's mm. been beaten, and he's gotten back up. And he's been beaten, and he's gotten back up. Aokiji was like, dude, you're an ant to me. You mm. realize I'm a, uh, an admiral of the World Navy. Like, you're nothing to me. And he's never had that happen before. He's he's had a lot of close calls. Um, so he will do anything to get back his crew. Anything. bum. Mm. Uh, which takes you into Water 7, so they, they escape narrowly, and Luffy even calls out when he's, be- when he's thawed, like, I don't know how we got out of that. Like, we got lucky, but now's not the time to worry about getting lucky, let's fix our boat. Yeah,
1: Luffy's, not, like, Luffy is obviously a little upset that he yeah. got beaten, but he doesn't really show it, he doesn't really go forward with it, there's not, like, a brooding period, he's right. like... Oh, yeah, we're fixing our ship. Where does the log post take us? It takes us to Water 7, the shipbuilding
0: city. Yeah. Oh, that's convenient. What a treat. So they go there, of course, obviously, and they meet some fun characters. I'm going to I'm gonna zoom through this because I want to start talking about all the really, really good stuff. A review of Water 7 will take us the rest of the 30 yes. minutes. So yeah. I want to zoom through this and just hit some points because now we're going to start talking about what makes it what it is. They get to the city. They have lots of money because they cash in the gold from Skypiea. Yep. Um... After cashing it in, the Frankie family steals their gold while they're talking about getting their ship fixed. So
1: at this point, you feel like you have an idea of where this arc is going. The Frankie family is the bad guy, because they're like, oh, the Frankie family... Well, you 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 first get introduced to some it th- first starts throwing some wild shit at you. Yeah, like they they a frog attacks a train. <laughs> yeah, and there's this weird, uh, kind of scary looking old lady who is nonetheless Kokoro. very nice. Yeah, Coco. I love her. She's always like drinking a bottle of wine like straight from the bottle, yeah. just chugging it.
0: And it, um, and it's pointed out that she's not doing it because she's happy. She's an alcoholic, and this is all she can do now. Um, But she's
1: perfectly nice to the crew, and she tells them, oh, you want to get your ship Uh, repaired? There's this guy named Iceberg.
0: You'll want to see him.
1: Tell him I recommended you. He'll hook you right up.
0: They get to Water 7, and it turns out Iceberg is the mayor. He runs Water 7, and he is like... I I can't think of a real-life political figure like this, for obvious reasons, because life sucks. But he is like... the. People would die for their mayor in this town. They're like, this guy, he's what made Water 7 what it is.
1: He is, he is both the mayor and the, uh, the
0: like president of the Galilaw Shipwrights. Which is the world's best shipbuilding company. The shipwrights are not only great shipbuilders, they are also incredibly good fighters, because a captain tries to swindle them.
1: But basically, everyone in Water 7 is super cool with pirates, because they know that if the pirates try to start shit... The law shipbuilders are going to oh. beat the shit out of and them. And they show and them... most f- smart pirates aren't going to start shit yeah. because the law shipbuilders are so good, yeah. it pays to be on good terms with them. Yeah.
0: So they, they do show you that, which is cool. They show them kicking the absolute shit out of this random captain and his crew, um, which is awesome. And but then, in the
1: in the town, there's also the Frankie family. Right. They and are
0: the... What do you they, call them? Junk men. They, yeah. They, they're... They're... They're, like, Mad Max-style, like, scrap Scrappers. vultures. Yeah. yeah. They take ships, they break them down, they sell parts for money. And everyone in the town hates them. Yep. They're, and their like, leader, who is sought out... What do they call him a few times? But he is... Frankie, he is, like, the most terrifying uh, uh, thug of of. Yeah, they're, seven. like, most of them are just dumb standard
1: thugs, but, like, Frankie is actually kind of legitimately yeah. scary, and people are... People hate Frankie, yeah. and they hate the Frankie family. They're like they're like a stain on all of the yeah. the goodwill that Galila has built in Water
0: Seven. Yeah, so um, and he doesn't show up very often. Like they tell that like the 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 crew is what does all the work. Frankie sits back, and he's the one who causes the most damage when he shows up. And you're like, okay. Sure, this is going to be fun. We're going to get to see some because they steal two hundred million berries for them.
1: Yeah, immediately the Frankie family is trying to rob. They they try to scrap the going merry as well. They yeah. try to, but Zoro happens to be guarding it and <laughs> yeah. throws them out.
0: Yeah, you can't have that happen. Um, um, so
1: you think that what they're setting up is okay? They want to get the ship built. Yeah. the Frankie family is the obstacle. Uh, of course, I understand where this is going. Yeah. Frankie's the bad guy. They're yeah. going to have to deal with him, and uh, so they can get their ship
0: fixed. So they're. That's what you think. Right. So while the money's getting stolen, Usopp's getting jumped... They're trying to steal yeah, that's the That's how ship. it gets
1: stolen. They jump Usopp yeah. and take the money while he's supposed to be guarding it. Because
0: Luffy and Nami are and
1: talking to the shipbuilders.
0: Even without Frankie with them, mm-hmm.
1: Usopp can't actually stand up to the Frankie family thugs because yeah. he's not the strongest fighter. Yeah. And he,
0: he gets very sad. He's crying to Nami about it. Like, I'm not good enough. I can't even defend money. I can't defend the ship. I can't defend ship. I anything. had one job. Yeah, and I failed. And he's very sad. And it's very heartbreaking because well, Usopp yeah, has Yeah, he's feeling this...
1: pretty inadequate, too, because the ship's been taking battle damage throughout yeah. all these arcs. And Us- it, it's been outstripping Usopp's ability to actually repair
0: it, which is why they need professional repairs. actually do in Long repairs. Ring, Long Lake when he makes the wooden raft. He actually points out, like, I can't do this shit, guys. I, I, this isn't what yes. I do. Everything is very jury-rigged at yeah. this point. Um, so, Luffy and Nami uh, talk to Kaku, who is one of the Galila. He jumps through the sky, lands at the Hardcore boat. parkour. Hardcore parkour. He shows off some really cool moves where they're like, he's walking on air. Um. He lands at the boat and he reveals to everyone the main. Um, uh, the keel. The keel, which is the main piece of wood, the, the life of the ship through the center, is irreparable. It is broken in half. It, this ship will never sail again.
1: They're saying, he's saying it's like, it's amazing you even got here. Yeah. like If you put this ship out to sea, it will probably just sink, and it's yeah. amazing it hasn't
0: yet. Yeah. So this is like super detrimental to everything. Usopp's really sad that he doesn't know this yet. Usopp's, this is his ship um there's even a spot which they show uh in *Skypia* where a mysterious figure is working on the ship and repairing it and usopp's like who are you how did you help us and it turns out it's the spirit of the going mary that did it and this is like one of the most rare occurrences this isn't revealed at this point in the arc but like i said i'm trying to condense here Mm -hmm. um it's revealed that it's very rare that a ship has such a bond with pirates that it can do something like that. And it's, it's, the spirit has a name. I, I don't remember what it is. Um, they and, call it something corny, like, you and, know.
1: And in the anime only filler uh, GA arc, there
0: is where they, they, they really underscore, yeah. like, oh, you,
1: Usopp, you specifically have a really strong bond with yeah. your ship. That's admirable. You should stick with your ship yeah. and your ship will stick with you. So,
0: and that's what makes C8 so great because Water 7 does give you that information, but not until the end of <laughs> Ennis It's in post Ennis Lobby when you're told that. Uh, Iceberg talked to the ship and was like, he loved you and yada yada. So anyways. It is anime only. It is technically a filler arc. Yeah. But I feel like it does a lot of service to Water 7 going yeah. forward. So they they go back and what happened was they try to find Usopp. Usopp is not where the spot where Nami told him to stay while they get help. Instead, he went to Frankie family to try to get the money back himself.
1: Uh, and meanwhile, like, Luffy had been considering that, because when they tell him the boat, boat is basically done, yeah. they're like, yeah, we could replace the keel, but then you've got a ship of Theseus thing going yeah. on. So once we do that, it's basically a different it's boat. It's not your ship. And yeah. it would also honestly be much cheaper for you to just buy a brand new boat from yeah. us. You know, we are great shipwrights. We have several options you can pick from. Here's a catalog. Mm-hmm. You're working on a budget of uh, of two million berries. We can we can outfit you with
0: something really good with that. So. Okay. Yeah, and the, what's important is that Usopp's gone here. He doesn't see the struggle that Luffy's going through. Luffy's screaming at Iceberg. He's screaming at the shipwrights. You're wrong. You don't understand. Don't lie to me. You're the world's best. You can't fix my ship. You're supposed to be, golly la, like you pieces of garbage. He's losing his goddamn mind. And then he settles down. So Usopp goes to Frankie family. Gets his shit wrecked. Like, he tries to fight for his money. Gets absolutely destroyed by Frankie and the crew. Yeah,
1: Frankie actually is there at this point.
0: All of the uh, 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 Straw Hats are at the boat, and they're talking about what they just learned, and they say, and then Nami shows them Usopp's gone. Now Frankie, Sanji, and Zoro are pissed. Not Frankie. Luffy, Sanji, and Zoro are pissed. (laughs) They're like, you took our money, you took Usopp, and we don't have a boat? And they're like, well, fucking let's go do this. They go to the Frankie's family's house and just destroy. But by the time they get there, Frankie is not there. Yeah, and Lu- and Usopp's face down outside just more broken than he's ever been.
1: Nor, it turns out that Frankie had actually already left earlier yeah. with the two million berries. Yep. So to go buy
0: something they, foreshadowing. They, yeah, they beat up the family, they, they destroy Frankie house, mm-hmm. but they don't get their money back. Right. And it's not enough for them. They pick up Usopp, they go back to the ship, and they're sitting there. Usopp wakes up and they're talking. And they tell Usopp, like, luffy says this is you know beautifully done but the problem with what luffy does here not a problem is in the critique he's he's like Usopp. the boat's done we're buying a new one like he's so blunt about it because he has to be he already dealt with his trauma Usopp hasn't had the uh, opportunity yeah. to yet and Usopp screams in his face luffy screams back they get into a big yelling match and luffy's about to say if you don't like it you can leave sanji kicks him in the face and says you know what you were about to say and Usopp, this is where Usopp does his big monologue.
1: Yeah, well, and this is big that's been being built up with Usopp. Yeah. Is that he's feeling very inadequate because yeah. he couldn't beat up the Frankie family. The others had to step in yeah. and stop him. So he feels
0: like, you know, he lost the money. He mm-hmm. couldn't beat the Frankie yeah. family. He can't hang with this crew. Well, and he also says, "Is it? it's because I lost the money. We can't fix the ship because I lost the money. And Luffy's like, no, that's not the issue. We could pay all that, but this ship is done. Blah 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 blah, and Usopp gets his monologue of "I'm not good enough. I'm not strong enough. I know what you were gonna say to me. You're gonna kick me out. You're going to leave me behind, just like the just going like they're gonna leave." And he, he says, "Whenever
1: something is too weak to hang with you, you just leave it behind. Yeah. That's how it is." Which is it's not that true way at with all. The ship, and it's yeah. going to be that way with me if I stay here. Right. The and ship is th- what
0: sets that for him, which I thought was. Really sad. It was, it was depressing. This whole scene is like heartbreaking. Yeah,
1: and Usopp's like, come to think of it, you know, my dream is to become a
0: great warrior of the sea. I don't need to be with you to do that. Yeah. So, um, so he, he challenges Luffy. Meet me outside, 10 p.m. We're gonna fight, and I'm gonna and the winner gets going. Mary, I'm mm-hmm. taking the ship from you, and he leaves, and everybody, Chopper especially, is broken up because Usopp's body is and nobody.
1: Dead. Nobody is happy about this. Yeah. Zoro and Luffy remain stoic though.
0: Yeah. And then when he leaves and it starts the fight. Uh, Zoro doesn't get his monologue till after the fight.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. after the fight. So
0: Luffy and Usopp fight. This is this moment is better than anything in anime in the history of anything. This Am is, I using a hyperbole? I don't give a
1: shit. This is absolutely like heartbreaking this fight. It's a it's first of all, it's a really cool yeah. fight.
0: I actually felt really bad. I think Miranda was in the in the Discord with us when we watched this scene. They're getting ready to fight. It's setting this big stage, and I was like, shut up, we have to watch this. Like, I wouldn't let words be said during this moment. I've seen this a million times. It's important that this isn't taken in. The fight is incredible. It's not just a one punch. And and Usopp gets some really good attacks in, and he even says over and over again, I've seen you fight. I know what you do. I know your moves and what you're capable of. And I know how to get around it. And he, he's super prepared. He's like a D&D
1: wizard who knows exactly what he's going into. <laughs> yeah. And he's prepared all of the tricks and all the yeah. spells
0: to exactly fight Luffy. And he starts it the way Usopp does. Are you sure you don't want to turn around? I have 1,000 men here at the beach with me, and they're ready to attack. And Luffy's like, "Come on, enough. Like, I have fun with you. Enough. He hits him with some stars, which... Uh, you can't pe- puncture Luffy with blunt objects. You have to use, uh, you have to cut him. So he uses that. He uses Caltrops to yep. restrict Luffy's he, movement. Yeah, uh, hits him with a, a stinky egg, which Luffy doesn't pay attention to. And it turns out later that that was just to disguise the smell of the gas he let out. So he lets fire go, which makes a big explosion. Um, all this evolving stuff. But it's Luffy we're talking about. It's Luffy <laughs> for SUSOP. So Luffy gets exactly what he needs one incredibly strong Gomu Gomu no pistol and punches Usopp out. Mm. Usopp's lying there broken, and Luffy stands over him, and he just says, the going Mary's yours. We don't need her anymore. Goodbye, Usopp. And he walks away. This is where Zoro gets the best Zoro moment in a long time, up until you watch Thriller Bark. Zoro's sitting there, and he explains what just happened, because Chopper can't believe this is going on. Nami's like, this isn't the end of Usopp, right? Like, Usopp's coming back, guys, right? And Sanji's... Even Sanji's a little messed up by this, who's usually pretty stoic. Yeah, he's sad, and Zoro's just like, up to the. This is why we had to explain the earlier arcs. Up to this point, they've been friends. Zoro's the only one who acknowledges our captain has to be our captain. If we can't stand it, by what he says, we can't follow his orders. We are not a crew. More or less.
1: And you see, like, as, as Luffy is walking, Luffy looks like he's stoic. When he's dealing with Usopp, he's very, like, flat and stoic. He it seems like he's walking away stoically. But when you, like, see his face as he's facing the crew, He's like got those stoic tears, yeah. Running he's just down them. pouring. He's
0: like teeth are clenched.
1: It's happening during like a, a rainstorm, and you yeah. it, it shows a few shots of the Going Mary's figurehead, so that the rain's falling on it, so it looks like it's crying over this whole yeah. thing. It's very, it's, it's well brutal. done. It's, it's it's brutal. It's super sad.
0: It's the first time. So I reread this through the manga. It's the first time in all of that that I was like, I have to watch this. Sure, the manga is incredible. It is so good, and there is differences, very minor. Mm-hmm. That is something you have to see. The way they do the music, the way they do the action, the way they do the emotion, it's like, oh, it's heartbreaking. It's oh so well done.
1: Uh, what I think was most impressive is that the characters feel very consistently themselves. This yeah. conflict doesn't feel contrived. They, right. Because usually you have to contrive something or some misunderstanding right. for two characters who have always been best friends right. to, to fall out this hard. Right. But, no, like, Luffy made a very hard decision that he's agonizing with. He's not, like, he gets very heated in this argument because Usopp throwing it back at him is constantly reminding him of how painful this decision is for him yeah. to make. He has to double down on it
0: because he's the captain. He and he's been waver. questioned as the captain up to this point. He's been told, are you really the captain of that? He's like, well, yeah, of course I am. i mean, Luffy. I'm the straw hat. And, but up to that point, everyone else has always taken charge. What Nami says goes, you know. What Usopp decides to do goes. And and Robin can determine she's on the boat. So this is his moment of like, I have to lay my foot down. We're not playing games right now.
1: But, you know, it's also, from the other side, makes perfect sense for Mm -hmm. Usopp to have gotten as uh, as
0: emotional as he did. Because the boat's been hammered down on them. His weak fighting abilities have been hammered down on them. Uh, uh, Struggles with, with fitting in have been hammered down on him. Everyone always makes fun of Usopp every time they see him. He's the weakling. He's the nut. So, yeah, it is very natural. And neither of them like what they have to do here. Right. But at this point,
1: they've they've gone too far to back out. Yeah.
0: Which is very evident immediately following. So the crew, distraught, Tony goes and drops off medicine to him. He's like, "I, I you need something. I understand yeah. what my captain says. You need something. He does it. Luffy gets to the boat and he says, pack up. We're gone. Luffy is more fucked up about this yeah. than losing to Aokiji. Yeah. Oh, God. Big time. Because what's worse than losing your crew to someone else? Mm. You know, losing your crew to yourself, like, causing it. So he's like, he tells everyone, pack up, we're going to town, we'll find a place to stay. And they all get up and they get their ship.
1: They still have some money left. They're like, we can get a ship. Yeah. It won't be as great of a ship as if we had all the money, but... Yeah. Uh, Alright,
0: run. So now is where things change. Yep. Uh, Oh,
1: so throughout all of this, they had all gone into town to do whatever, and Robin kind of vanished. Nobody really knows where she is,
0: but they're like, well, that's kind of what Robin does, so they're not too concerned about it. But what we saw was a masked figure speak to her in silent and her follow him. Mm -hmm. That's the last time you see Robin. He says one thing, it's CP9, and and she follows him and they they disappear. Yep, and they're gone forever. Uh, The crew is figuring out what they're going to do, how they're going to do it, when... uh, 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 Chopper sees Robin uh, in a store talking to someone. Well, no, even before Robin, they, they do. This kind of all yeah. happens in parallel. So this is what, when we get to our comparison, this moment, also in NS Lobby when they're fighting, the timeline is told better than I've ever seen a multi-part story being told. The ability to, because this all happens in one day, from, from,
1: yeah, this is the big day of water. 7. yeah, this
0: is the day where everything comes, uh, Aqua Laguna, is it's called. We, we all right, yeah, they've they've set the seeds for this.
1: The, the weather is getting gradually worse. And once, once a, a year, year. Yep. there is a big uh, tsunami. I think it's called Aqua Laguna. It's, or... it's actually like a hurricane or something. It's called Aqua Laguna.
0: Yes, yep. that's right. Um, the waves come up and literally cover the bottom half of the island. All these houses are built on cinder block and everything. The waves rush in and bury everything in water. Yeah, and originally, Water 7 wasn't a great place because it was devastated by Aqua Laguna all
1: the time. Yep. But Galila built a lot of infrastructure yep. that helps
0: water seven survive aqua laguna every year so in 24 hours with this thing coming in they are trying to address what happened to robin they're trying to address what the hell are we going to do about a ship they get framed for murder of iceberg yeah, that day that's the
1: thing when they wake up it turns out someone had tried to assassinate iceberg and also everyone is a hundred percent sure that it was miko robin that did it who is part who is of part the pirate crew who therefore, just came
0: in and caused a fit at Gali La. Everyone talks about how they got into a big shouting match at, at the shipbuilding because when Luffy was upset about the ship, of course.
1: So everybody thinks the timeline is that, yeah, Luffy yeah. got mad at Iceberg and then ordered
0: his crewman to murder, murder him. And then they he's like, well, fuck, uh, Luffy, fuck this. I'm going to go talk to Iceberg. Bad idea. They have people everywhere. But and he, also
1: Frankie attacks Luffy at some Oh, yeah.
0: Time. Frankie shows up and goes on a rampage. Um, Because he's pissed off at Luffy destroying Frankie House. Yeah. So they're fighting at one point. He makes it. I think we should describe Frankie at this
1: point, because this is where he really gets introduced.
0: Oh, yeah. That's true. The first time he takes his mask, because up to this point, he's wearing a star mask, a big star mask. (laughs) And he's finally without that. He's without the robe. It's Frankie in his perfect character design. He is wearing a Hawaiian Guy Fieri style shirt. Open, of course, because he's ripped and he's beautiful. (laughs) Tall blue pompadour awesome black shades, and a blue Speedo. Yep.
1: That's it. And he's got big old Popeye arms with star tattoos on Yeah, big forearms with a
0: blue star. You know the star. Anyone who's ever gone to Warp Tour has one of these stars tattooed on their body. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about. It's got the out-border of it, and and they're blue. And he is a showman. When he shows up, he wants to pose and dance and sing, slaps his forearms together, yells super really loud, having Mm -hmm. a great time. But he's pissed, and he's going on the uh, classic uh, Water 7, Rampage, a Frankie rampage where he just destroys shit. He's drunk and he's being an animal, but he's doing it to attack Luffy. Um, but so Luffy has to contend with Frankie mm-hmm. over the top, doesn't care what other people are saying sort of thing. Uh, the Galila shipwrights are about to fight him, all of them. Yep. Uh, Luchi, Gaku, all these different guys. You have him, the, the, the people of the town trying to apprehend him, And he is trying to get into Iceberg's bed because he wants to confirm who Iceberg saw try to assassinate him. Mm -hmm. Granted, he does all this, of course. It is very good. Nothing feels cheated. There's a lot of missteps. Uh, uh, Fights go one way because Frankie doesn't want to work with the shipwrights, and the shipwrights won't work with Frankie, so they're getting in each other's way trying to get Luffy. Otherwise, either one of them could have probably gotten Luffy. Mm. Frankie, as it turns out, is an insanely good fighter. Yep um
1: a cyborg not, at that they, they think that he has a devil fruit but no he can swim oh no it's because he's a cyborg and he has a whole bunch of weapons installed
0: yeah, in him that he put in himself he puts yes. out he's like i did this i'm awesome because i'm frankie um and it actually shows why um later how he got those skills and whatnot he has a
1: cyborg who is powered by cola
0: yeah yeah soda is his energy of choice he actually says why at one point and i don't remember why he chose cola but he does say why and it's a very silly reason um so so luffy gets in iceberg confirms it he does refuses to believe it so he leaves iceberg hates him and thinks he's terrible now they haven't been they're not friends at all uh meanwhile chopper and and uh and uh sanji see robin walking out of a shop and they yell to her robin or robin swan and, and and trying to call her name and she turns around with this masked creature and just says this is the last time i will ever see you i am not part of the crew i am not your friend goodbye and of course chopper and sanji refuse so now yeah sanji's like i don't care you don't yeah get choice what are you time. talking about no that's not true and chopper's crying because yeah. why would robin say that to chopper um they all meet up i'm sorry i'm going really quick um yeah we kind of have to yeah there's a lot in this arc we're not even to eddie's lobby we're not even to going to Enna's lobby (laughs) so they all meet up they tell luffy luffy's like i don't believe you that's not true robin would never say that well guess what we're gonna do we're gonna go back we're gonna go to this iceberg man's office we're gonna talk this all out we're gonna figure out what's going on they do that it's a big fight the town is told that someone's gonna try to re-assassinate this is, I don't remember the well, spread they, this they, information. They do, a
1: little, they do a little bit of digging around town. They talk to a friendly bartender who yep. has a lot of rumors. Yep. Uh, and a Bluno. Bluno, yep. yep. And they're like, oh, uh, so yeah, about this. Did you ever hear, oh, no, no, it's just a rumor. They yeah. don't exist. But you ever hear of
0: CP9? Yeah. Oh, Kokoro, Kokoro's like, CP9's I mean, real. Kokoro's, yeah. She, and they're like, lady, you real, she's like, I'm telling you, they're real, and they're doing this. And they're like, all right, whatever. And then the rest of the town is so, kind of... They, yeah, they explain CP9
1: is a group, uh, a, a like secret super black ops government group yeah. that maybe exists and maybe doesn't. And yeah. they are a team of government assassins who do all the dirty jobs behind the scenes yeah. that nobody wants to publicize. And, and they the, disappear before you ever know. The rumor is that uh, Robin is a member of CP9 yeah. secretly, and that this is a job from them. Yeah. That the assassination of Iceberg... Is specifically the world government using CP9
0: to take him out yeah. using Robin? And in this second big action sequence of Water Seven, they break into the office. Uh, Iceberg has sent Polly away to find something. Yeah, Polly's
1: like the, the the head fun shipwright. Yeah. You think he's, he's ma- Spider Man? They 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 do want to recruit uh, a, yeah. a shipwright because yeah. they realize that keeping the ship in repairs. So you figure this is. This is the arc where they get a shipwright. Polly yeah. seems like the
0: likely candidate yeah. for it. His power cause... is he uses his ropes like Spider Man to tie up and swing and do all sorts yeah. of awesome. Just, just shit. Just big old dock line ropes. Yeah. And he's the the right hand of Iceberg. He's he's his guy. So Iceberg sends him away, and this is where you find out that Iceberg has blueprints to an ancient weapon that would rival Pluton. And you get the backstory of Iceberg and. No, it straight up is the Pluton. Yeah. Well, no, it's 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 the <laughs> rival to Pluton. So if the world government gets both. Robin, to read the Poneglyphs, and right. this ship, so, they will be unstoppable. Yeah, the Pluton, we, we actually learn more about the Pluton here. Mm-hmm. The Pluton is a
1: battleship. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is an actual Pluton somewhere in the world, and the Poneglyphs might lead to
0: that. Yeah, But there is also these blueprints mm-hmm. that would build, basically, another Pluton. Which was made by Tom the world's greatest shipwright that's ever lived. They, were, they weren't made by Tom.
1: They, they were inherited nope.
0: by Tom. They were, like, oh, passed yeah. down to his family. You're right, his Sorry. Family. Yep.
1: And you're right. Tom is, like, the greatest shipwright to ever exist. And his apprentices were Iceberg and someone named Cuddy Flam. Yeah,
0: and it shows the backstory, which instantly, the minute you see him, you're like, Frankie, okay. Yeah, they don't, they don't bury the lead too much. Cuddy Flam is Frankie. Yeah, and uh, they worked together for years. Frankie would build um, Frankie Army, or Frankie... Uh, what do they call him? The Frankie something. He he would build he ships. He built ships that warships was, specifically. Yeah, that he was trying to take down a sea king, one mm-hmm. of the big monsters. Um, he builds like eighteen of them. Uh, Tom gets arrested, and it turns out that Tom was responsible for building Goldie Roger's ship, and anyone who worked with Goldie Roger is a criminal, as yep. far as, as the world. It is a, it is a capital offense. Yeah, so he's going to be executed. Tom comes up with a plan. I will build a system. To go from island to island to reinstall trade between all these islands around, including Water 7 and including Ennis Lobby, the uh, 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 World Navy's headquarters. But it'll take 10 years. Yep. So give me 10 years to build this, and I will make life everything awesome. And he creates the sea train. And then at the time, like 10 years later, once I built this,
1: and you've seen what my work can do, then we can reconvene the court, and you can still call me
0: guilty if you want to. But if you like what I've done, Mm -hmm. then I would like a pardon. So, ten years go by, he builds it, they like what he does, they're getting ready to pardon him. It's basically, everyone thinks it's a foregone conclusion that he will be pardoned. And Spandom shows up. This piece of shit guy from Mm -hmm. the world government who is not working under world government orders, working under his own, quote unquote, is someone probably told him to do it. And he's looking for those blueprints. Tom won't give them to him. So what does he do? He stages a a dirtbag move where he sends his people to get on all the ships that Frankie's built and launch an assault at the world government ship that's there. That's supposed to be there to talk to Tom to pardon him. And
1: they're like, yeah, well, these ships were built in Tom's shipyard, so now Tom, like, the narrative he spins is that Tom, uh, like, in a cowardly backhanded move, Mm -hmm. set
0: up this attack so that he could get himself free of the world government. And And they're like, oh,
1: well, they're going to pardon him anyway. Like, why would he do
0: this? And Tom makes a great stand. He says, listen, Mr. Judge Man, the same judge from before, I would like, if that pardon still stands, I would like you to pardon me and my shipwrights from that attack. That where that I would please take that off the record. I take full responsibility. Pardon me, and let the kids go. And they say. And
1: at, at this point, Frankie's like, No, no, this is bullshit. Yeah. I, I, the, I didn't. You. I didn't build those ships for this purpose. And he those them. Those ships are not my. And, yeah. And he's yeah. like, No, you own up to that. You built those yeah. ships. You built them. They could be used for whatever, but you cannot disown the
0: fact that you built them. Those are your your lifeblood right there. You take credit for them. They're
1: your creation. They are neither good or evil till they are used. And no matter what they end up being used for, you cannot disown the fact that you created them.
0: To which sets up the tone of, I don't want to be pardoned for building Goldie Rogers' ship. I built mm-hmm. that ship and I am. He like yells out, I am yeah. immensely proud. I am happy to have worked with the Pirate King, yada yada. You know, making a scene so that they forget about what just happened. Mm-hmm. And of course, he's found guilty, and Spandam, being the dirtbag, orders them to shoot at him pretty much immediately. And they kill Tom. Mm-hmm. It's very sad. To which Frankie gets insanely pissed, grabs a gun, and hits Spandam in the face, who is handsome at the time, as hard as he can, busting his face all up and then running away. Mm-hmm. Um,. They get Tom. They, they're taking him away on the sea train. Uh, Tom's pet is a giant frog, yep. and his not wife but live-in lady is Kokoro. Mm-hmm. Frankie gets up on the ship of the uh, up on the tracks of the sea train and tries to stop it and gets killed. Uh, well, Cuddy Flam gets killed. Mm-hmm. So that's where the imagery of the giant frog that every day gets on the track and tries to stop the sea train comes from. He is also trying to stop the ship that took away Tom and killed his friend, Cuddy Flynn. The sea train that Tom built. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he's that's where that frog's whole you know story comes in, which is oh. the fact that they would give that one-off frog a story mm-hmm. is another beautiful little thing that just is credit of not feeling heavy, and Mm -hmm. not feeling forced. It's
1: beautiful. Now, to most people, Cuddy Flam died when he was hit by the train. Right. Iceberg knows that he's still
0: alive as Frankie. Because... He rebuilt himself after getting hit by a a train. Out of scrap parts. Out of scrap, yes. And he comes back and he starts yelling at Iceberg. But they're not on particularly good terms anymore. And it's because Iceberg now works in contract with the World Navy and Cuddy and Frankie. Well, Cuddy Flam at the time, but Iceberg Mm -hmm. tells him, you're Frankie, you're not Cuddy Flam. Please disappear with that name forever. (laughs) because he gives him the blueprints it turns out um so that's why he's so pissed about it so iceberg flashback to real time sends paulie away to get fake blueprints cp-9's there the straw hats burst in You're it's discovered that cp-9 is a bunch of the shipwrights bluno from the bar and they had been infiltrating in deep cover yeah, for the and, purpose of getting the blueprints it's and been Khalifa, like a... the uh, assistant of iceberg it's been five years Oh, yeah, five years. It's been yeah. a
1: big operation to
0: eventually yeah. get
1: those blueprints from. And him. who's
0: in charge of CP9 and all them? Fuck nuts, Spandam, who calls him over the phone. Yep. Um, and they kick the shit out of Zoro and Luffy, send them flying. It's not even a fight. So, this is where One Piece is creative in that every anime ever shown in is like, oh, the enemy is obviously much stronger. How did the, the main guy get strong enough to fight him? Like, CP9 is shown as very strong. But not in an unrealistic way. Luffy and Zoro are caught off guard and they're hit by a single attack that sends them flying. Mm. They're in a room with a Aqua Laguna coming, with a crowd that wants to kill them, with like their friends Robin, they're emotionally distressed. Like this is where I think Oda and One Piece excel. You are not given the unbeatable foe that you have to beat. You're giving a strong guy that got the upper hand on you so that when the fight comes later, it doesn't feel like an unnatural power progression. If that makes sense. that This scene, I think, does that well. They smack them away, and they have powers they don't know about, so you're caught off guard. So, to move to the climax of the scene, right. Robin is
1: indeed with them. Yeah. With CP9. And she ex- she explains, actually, she just kind of explains to Iceberg while well, well, the two of them are alone. Because she comes back to finish the job. Yeah. But doesn't end up killing Iceberg. No. They They get in before that. But she explains that she's not no she is not, in fact, a member of CP9. Yeah. She's in fact one of the world's most wanted people. Iceberg knows that too. They mentioned she's one of the Ohara devils. Yeah. Her very existence is a crime against humanity. Yeah. Um, and like even Iceberg is like, no, and you, the, you are, you are a terrible person for being one of these Ohara
0: devils. Yeah. Without any understanding, because that is what the world government has taught everyone. Yep. These people are evil. So basically, the deal was that CP9
1: has been authorized by Aokiji. Yeah. That should the situation call for it, they are authorized to execute what's called a buster call. It calls in five warships,
0: the three admirals. Uh, not the not the three admirals. It's like five vice admirals. Okay, yeah, and like a whole bunch of warships, yep. and they all launch on whatever the target is at once, literally wiping it off. It the is. Face it, of the it is planet. an
1: indiscriminate attack. Mm-hmm. No regards to collateral damage doesn't matter if there's government facilities on it, Mm. doesn't matter if there's orphanages on it, they're They're just just going to they're going to shoot cannonballs at the island until it
0: burns and sinks into the sea. Yep, until it's gone. And that is terrifying to her because then you get her backstory a little bit later, but whatever, where she grew up in O'Hara, which was the place of of knowledge it had the tree of knowledge and I can't remember what they call their people, but basically... They had
1: like the biggest library in the world.
0: Yep, their entire purpose was to research and learn they were not bad at all. They literally just wanted to know. But in secret, they were learning how to read the Poneglyphs, trying to find out about the Void Century. And of course, the world government doesn't want anyone to know about this Void Century. Yeah,
1: there's some reason that the government has that they really don't want people to know about it. Mm-hmm. And as a result, they have decided that the, O'Hara, the people of O'Hara
0: need to be silenced. They've been we investigating to... them a lot. And that's how they found out, oh, you're trying to read the shit we told you not to. And they call a Buster call on her home yep. when she was just a little girl, and she has her best friend, who was an old admiral of the navy, a giant whose name hmm. is he, he, uh, Jaguar D'Sol. There it is, Jaguar Saul. and he has the best laugh ever. Dead is she, 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 she. Yeah, and he was a vice
1: admiral of the of the navy mm-hmm. until he was part of the O'Hara investigation. He originally like believed wholeheartedly, mm-hmm. but he ended up meeting Robin's mother, who they had taken prisoner. Mm-hmm. And started to actually, like, question, like, actually, is the government trying to do some fucked up shit? Like, I I don't have any evidence other than what the government tells me that the people of O'Hara are actually doing anything wrong. They just want to learn things. and They're not trying to use that knowledge for evil. Yeah. Like, he has this whole disillusionment where he falls out with the Navy. Well,
0: and it's specifically because of a conversation he has with a woman named Olivia. Uh, which is Robin's mother. And so when he lands on the island, he finds all this out and he's speaking to Robin and she says, I'm waiting for my mom, Olivia, to come home. He's like, your mom's Olivia? You gotta get out of here. You gotta go. Like, what are you talking... This ain't time. He knows the
1: buster call's coming. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So then it turns out Olivia comes home. Robin has... I don't have time to do this scene justice, but Robin gets to see her mom for the first time in years and she's like, Mom, are you proud of me? I love you. What are you doing? And the main... But uh, Yeah, her
1: mom's trying to say, I don't know this girl, yeah. so that
0: she doesn't get hunted by the government. But, of yeah. course, she's just like, mother! Yeah. And then she sells, yells out loud, I even learned how to read the poneglyph so I could be with you on your adventures. And, of course, the Navy's like, excuse me, what? <laughs> they call in the buster call. It murders everything. And this is where you get the Iokiji scene. So Iokiji shows up while she's trying to escape with uh, Jaguar. And he freezes Jaguar over, and he's like, you were a vice admiral. This is the life you choose. So be it, I'm an admiral, I have to do this. Kills him. And then he's sitting there, and he's looking at Robin, and he has a little rowboat and two big frozen, like, lanes, and he's like, he gives her the story. Sorry.
1: Jaguar was my friend. Yep. I, I To respect his last wish, <laughs> he wanted you to live. I'm going to let you live. But,
0: but. <laughs> you have to do just that. Give up this life and live. Otherwise, I will personally be the one to come after you which helps to explain how earlier in Long Ring, Long Lake, he was the one to show up and do his thing, mm-hmm. um, as well as be the one to call the buster call that might be coming in uh lobby.
1: So, yeah, everyone in O'Hara is killed, mm-hmm. and the government spins it as propaganda that the O'Hara devils are these traitors who had yeah. this conspiracy to destroy the government and ruin everyone's way yeah. of life. Robin, as the only surviving O'Hara devil, is um, the most dangerous person on the planet. They call her that multiple times. They tell her that her
0: existence is a crime. Yep.
1: Her existence is a
0: sin. And it shows like this really sad, like, flash scene of her showing up at someone's house, like a 10 year old girl soaking wet, crying, and the family bringing her in. And then she's listening through the door and they're like, She's just a girl. We can't turn her in. They're like, Well, there's a lot of money and she's evil. And like, over and over, it's showing how tough her life has been, constantly running from literally everyone.
1: And it gets to the point where she kind of buys into the, like, okay, yes, if everyone calls me evil, I guess
0: I am evil. Yeah. Um. Um, which is insanely sad, and they prey upon that. Spandam shows up, CP9 shows up, and they constantly tell her, in the show, it's showing you this whole time, this is why I think Water 7 is way more sad and dark than people give mm. it credit for. They are laying it on this woman, you do not deserve to be alive. Lucci says it to her over and over again, that douchebag douchebag. Um, CP9 leader, I don't remember his name, you know, with the fedora hat. Kip saying it to her, Spandam obviously lays it on very heavy. Um, Iceberg tells her it over and over. Oh, it's just terrible. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, she tells him to Iceberg when they're, when they're in private, the deal was I go with CP9 and I get locked away forever like I deserve and the straw hats get to leave here safely. And yep. Iceberg's like, what the fuck? Are you serious? You're bad? They're bad? What? And he's kind of caught off. So, Iceberg tells this to the crew after all the shit goes down. CP9 leaves with Robin. They they capture Frankie. They capture everything. They're getting on the train to leave. Luffy's missing. Zoro's uh, yeah, missing. Yeah, Usopp
1: actually winds up with Frankie, and they yeah. have a they have a big heart to heart about the ship.
0: Yep, they're talking and oh, cause yeah, and he's like doing you. Frankie's crying as Usopp's telling him the story, and he's like, I can't believe it. He's like,
1: it. you love your ship so much. Yeah. But even in Frankie's estimation, he's like, "No, the yeah. ship is." He even tries to demolish scuttled. it
0: right there. He's like, "You don't understand." He grabs a piece of the ship and rips it off. To which uh, Usopp picks that piece back up and tries to hammer it back on while crying again, of course.
1: And yeah, uh, and and Frankie is that one thing we learn about Frankie is that he wears his emotions on his sleeve. Yeah. So Fr- Hickey is like literally ugly crying over how moved <laughs> yeah. he is by so, Usopp's devotion to the ship. Frankie
0: is one of my favorite people. I love him. <laughs>
1: yeah. This is as you like learning as you get this, and you're learning about Frankie and he's forming a friendship with Usopp. Yeah. You start to realize, oh, Frankie's not actually the bad guy of this arc. Yeah. He's actually a pretty decent dude. Mm-hmm.
0: And what happens is CP9 after leaving with Robin shooting iceberg again um and successfully re-putting it on the straw hats they show up they get frankie they know about the plans they beat the shit out of him and they beat the shit out of Usopp. they tie him up and get him on the train and in all that kaku's looking at the ship and he's like seriously dude this ship is dead like yes i'm cp9 but the work i did here is real and i meant it i took that job seriously and Usopp's like you don't get it and he's like all right fine opens the edge of the thing, and the Going Mary goes flying into the it, ocean. It gets, like, set adrift to sea. Yeah, it yep. gets it gets let go, and Usopp's freaking out, and they get taken on the train, um, which leads to a very hectic countdown, which One Piece likes to do. We've got 30 minutes before the sea train leaves for the last time before Aqua, Aqua Laguna Aqua Laguna is thing. going to just swallow this. It's biggest, yeah. the biggest Aqua Laguna ever. Yeah, it is the only way CP9's getting out of there. We know Robin's there. We find out Frankie's there. Like, we have to do this. What do we do? Zoro's missing. Luffy's missing. It turns out Zoro's stuck upside down in a chimney, and Luffy <laughs> is wedged between two buildings. Yeah. Um, Iceberg recants all this story about how Robin sacrificed herself for the crew to Nami and Chopper. So they run off. They save Iceberg from an explosion, which was planted by CP9. Um, Iceberg tells everybody in the town, these are good people. They weren't trying to kill me. It was something else, but he doesn't tell everybody um, what.
1: Sanji has gone off on his own already, and it's yep. like, I don't, I don't actually care what Robin's reasons are. I'm rescuing her anyway. So he actually gets on the train yeah. before he, anyone he's else. He's
0: standing all cool guy Sanji behind the train station smoking a cigarette, and he sees Robin walk on, and he goes, So, Robin, this is what you've chose. Yep. Well, I'm coming to save you. Yep. And he gets on the train. And Usopp and, Usopp and Frankie are captured and yep. put on the train. Oh, he even points that out. He's like, What's Usopp doing with that Frankie guy? Well, all right. This <laughs> is where I'm, I mean, Robin's there. I got to go do it. He gets on. Of course, everybody gets out of everything. Let's just zoom, get on the train. So what happens is Sanji's alone on the train. He kicks the shit out of a bunch of people. Luffy and all them, they find out Kokoro has another train. It's the prototype for the Tom. It's called the Rocket Man. Yeah, Rocket Man. It looks really funny. It's got like the shark front. Um, And Iceberg, despite being beat up, is there tinkering with it. And he says, I assumed you guys were going to try to take this. obviously you're going after everything i respect that please be safe go frankie family's like let us join you we need you a couple golly lost shipwrights are like paulie included come on we need to help you they're doing all this terrible shit kokoro comes along to conduct the train she's like i'm the only one who can do this so let's do it and the the trick to the uh, rocket man is it has no brakes it's pretty (laughs) much the whole trick to it is like it's a good ship but once it starts going it goes faster 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 and it never stops and
1: it's gonna have to get through this wave, so let's hope that
0: works. Yeah. And then you get some very, very good action scenes. You get an awesome fight breakdown on the train, which is one of the better. Yeah. Sandy is fighting fights. his way
1: to the front of the train. Yep. He can basically skip cars by cutting them off, but then it falls back to the rocket man and they have to deal with that eventually. He
0: gets uh Usopp free by climbing along the top and like just getting Usopp or well, no, he gets, he gets into Usopp the car. Usopp and Frankie. Yeah, gets into the car, he lets them both free. Frankie fights on top against a, a low-level CP member that's trying to join the ranks. Mm. Usab gets all the way up to Robin using octopus uh, feet and uh, gloves and shoes that he climbs along using mm-hmm. the suction cups. He's trying to talk to Robin, and she's like, I don't know what to tell you, man. Like, I've told you all over and over again. Get the fuck away from me. I want to do this. I want to die. This is the first time she says, I want to die. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, Okay.
1: Now, Usopp realizes that he, in doing this, he's going to have to work with Sanji. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he's left the crew, so how can he work with the Straw Hats again? Mm-hmm. And he slaps. now it turns out best that, best moment. So, so it so turns good. out that d- during Water Seven, it had been kind of in the background, but basically Carnival's going yep. on, Mardi Gras is happening. Yeah, big event. And the the CP Nine uses this to basically wear Mardi Gras masks to and infiltrate hide. the.
0: Yeah. Uh, Because a ton of people in town are dressed like that. They actually, Usopp even points out, like, damn, where'd all these cool masks come from? So
1: they've got some of the Mardi Gras masks on the train. And Usopp
0: takes one of them, and he decides... He puts it on with a cloak, yep. and becomes Soga King, King of the Snipers. <laughs> and he has a whole song, and it's so funny, dude. It's,
1: it's freaking... Incri- it stops, like, in the middle of the episode for him to sing this theme song. Then it cuts away to Frankie and Sanji just looking at yeah. him while he's singing. Like, it's like... This... Is, this, is this seriously is this seriously happening? Frankie's like, no, just, just let him do it. <laughs> but
0: when he's singing it, there's, like, a scenescape going music instruments. And yeah. then when it's them, it's just Soga King being like... From the land of the snipers, and he's just like whispering to himself. Uh, this the train scene has more humor than both the beginning and end of the arc. You get that, you get uh Ramen Kempo, which was very funny with Sanji fighting him. You get uh Frankie versus the Weasel, and he does things like uh, He does centaur mode, but the legs are in front. Uh the weasel finds out that his weaknesses, and they've shown this earlier. The front of Frankie is a cyborg. The back is not because he can't reach his back. So when he did all of his own tinkering, he just has a human back. So Weasel notices this, kicks him in the back and cuts him. So he goes into invincible Frankie mode. He just lays down on his back. (laughs) If You can't hurt his front and his back is protected by the ground. He's invincible Frankie. I love that moment.
1: uh, These fights are very funny.
0: And you get lots of... um, This is a, a nice little misdirect, right? Like they get there. The Rocket Man catches up after lots of little fun this and that. Well, not quite catches up, but it's almost catching up. And Zoro, Usopp, Sanji, and Robin all make it onto a detached train car. And you think, holy shit. Okay, so obviously we're going to fight them again, right? And they got her. And this is the, the Rocket Man's going to catch up and it's going to be crazy. And then they show you one of the f- devil fruits. Well, they showed you it earlier, but they show you it again. Bluno has the door door fruit. He can create a door in space anywhere. And it can go anywhere, too. Like, the first time you see it, he just
1: makes a door through a wall and goes to the other side of the wall.
0: So, he, he, Frankie gives himself up to get Robin onto the train. He tackles a bunch of guys, and he's like, I'll go to Ennis Lobby. Forget about me. You guys go. And then Balluno opens a door, literally asks Robin to come in. Doesn't grab her. And and Sanji's like, Robin, like, look what we've done for you. Please, no, we need you. And she's just like, I've told you a thousand times, dude. I'm out of here. And she walks through the door willingly back to the train that's leaving while this detached cart with only Usa- Soga King sorry, and Sanji is sitting in open water drifting.
1: Yep, and it eventually meets up with the Rocket Man and they all end up on the same thing. Yep. They get
0: through the wave. Luffy and Tony, Tony Chopper, think that Soga King is the coolest guy they've ever seen in their entire life. They listen to the theme song. They have a great time. And uh, Nami, Zoro, and Sanji are just like, are you kidding me? Everyone
1: knows that's Usopp, right? Oh, yeah. even, okay. even
0: Pauly says, hey, that's Long Nose from your crew. And yeah. they're just like, lu loo, loo, la, la, lu And everyone's having a great time. <laughs> I love Soga King. That's one of my favorite moments in the whole arc. I freak, I've i always said he was awesome. And he gets the most badass moment in all this. So for every time Karapika does a badass thing with a chain and you're like, holy shit. Them standing on the wall at Ennis Lobby, which we're almost to. Fuck it, let's just get to it. We'll talk yeah. more. Okay. Ennis so Lobby. They get to Ennis Lobby. They fight their way through. You're seeing different. The the
1: the, of people. the the stakes here are that uh, there there's this big gate in right. the sea called the gate the door of judgment or the gate of judgment or uh, something like that. Um, if they get Robin through it, then the only places that you can go through there are either uh, the uh, giant sea Alcatraz Impel down. Yep, and the World Government Headquarters. And it's very hard to get through the Gates of Judgment
0: once they're closed, so if they don't get to Robin before she gets through there... And the imagery is cool. There are these massive doors that make up the entirety of what you can see in Sky, And they don't fully open. They say that, like, these doors don't ever fully open. They open just enough for whoever it is to walk through at that exact moment and close again. So They're done. Yeah, if, the,
1: if she gets through there, then they they it'll be hard to get to Robin. Yeah. Virtually
0: impossible, but maybe not impossible because, you yeah. know, it's it's anime. You get um, the introduction of the rest of CP9, a bunch of very fun characters. Um, you get Spondum being an absolute dick weasel to both Frankie and Robin. Uh, now,
1: see, CP9 needs to control both the blueprints and Robin. Yeah. Because... If they just have one of them, then the other could be used to stop whatever they. Yeah, do. you know,
0: immovable object, uh, whatever, whatever.
1: The 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 Frankie has kept the blueprints on him. Uh, Unstoppable force. That's the yeah. other side. Frankie has kept the blueprints on him to honor Tom's will. Tom k- keeps the blueprints but refuses to destroy them because, yeah. as long as Robin exists, the government could use her to get the pluton, and then the only way to stop the pluton would be to build the ship in the blueprints. Yeah. But if the government gets the blueprints, then as long as Robin's out, then the Pluton... Yeah. Like, the government needs to either get rid of one and control
0: the other. Yeah. That's that's Or control goal. both. Or control, yeah. So uh, you get all of CP9, bunch of cool people, and their introductions is mostly just like, here's more people to fight. Because CP9 is nine members of a secret organization. We need more. Um, so they give you more. Um, You get a lot of fights in the seats. Luffy obviously doing Luffy thing. I'm just going to get to the end. You guys handle all this. I'm going to get to the end and take care of what I need to take care of, which is saving
1: Robin. I I honestly think we can go through uh, and his lobby pretty quick
0: because it's mostly just fights. It's almost all fights, yeah. So Um, the main fight is uh, when they get onto the island is shipwrights and Frankie family versus Navy. Just just endless Navy. mm -hmm. Um, And they beat through most of them, and then they come upon two giants, uh, whose names are... Uh, I can't remember their names. Not going to worry about their names. They're two giants who, their backstory is, uh, they sailed out because two, the, the two uh, captains, or whatever you want to call them, the two leaders of their tribe, mm-hmm. set off to have a battle to determine who was better. They've been gone for a very long time. These two giants got nervous and said, we're going to go find them. On their way out to find them, they come across the Navy, and the Navy says... That they died while fighting. Or no. No, They no, arrested no. them. That they arrested them for 100, or, well, they arrested them for X amount. If you serve 100 years for us, we will release you all and you can be happy giants and have a good time.
1: But they were straight up lying about yeah. that because Usopp met the two captains on Little Garden and he remembers yeah. them. And he's like, no, no, they're, they're not arrested. They're, they're still fighting it out on Little Garden. Yeah. Their fight's still going it's on. It's been
0: 50 years. Yep. And to giants, they point out giants live well past 350 years old, so... 100 years, nothing. We still got a lot of life to live, so they're fine with it. But when USOP reveals this, they're like, we've been fucking we've had. We've been too, for 50 yeah. years? Well, fuck you guys. Yeah. We were Again, we were just doing our job because we thought we were going to set our people free. Mm. Ah, and then they get to use them to help fight. You get uh, a new group of Navy people. I don't remember what they're called. The executioners that use the big chain whip things. Yeah, they're not really big deal. though. No, low. they're just there to kind of take out the lower level fighters, not mm. the straw hats, you know. Put up a fight. Uh, The frog shows up and holds down the doors to the main uh, justice building. Um, He gets a good fight scene out of it. You get Sodom and Gomorrah, the two massive fish, uh, what are they called? Um, They're called Yagras. Yagras. They're basically like uh, Loch Ness monsters. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, actually, it's exactly what they look like. They get cool fight scenes and sacrifices for each other. It's worth noting here, Chopper can talk to animals. So, (laughs) again, to Oda's credit, with nothing being forgotten... You even get character development out of the Yagras, and their development is Frankie's warship found them and instead of eating them because he was ar- he found them in the stomach of a sea king, but he was already full from eating the sea king. He let them live, so now they serve the Frankie family forever. And
1: Kokoro can talk to the frog because yep. she's a fish man.
0: Yeah, you find out you out. find out she's a fish. That's man. why she's kinda of horrifying looking. <laughs> yeah, she's got a weird face. Uh, and uh oh and she's an alcoholic because Tom died and she lost her kids. That's mm. why she said um so you get some very good fight scenes in development with the yagras they make it into the justice building where it shows what is the dumbest character in this arc the uh judge the three-headed cerebus he exists because they needed a fight yeah he's a cerebus he's a three-headed oversized person that uses swords um and one head is the cool-headed one's the angry and one's the judge you know whatever but it's really three guys. Who are it's really three road. guys who are just stuck together. They're just stuck together, and they break free because, uh, what is it, Zoro cuts them in their yeah. Um And that's a cool fight scene as they make it to the top. On the top of the building, Luffy is fighting uh, Bluno, the door fruit, and this is where he unveils gear two. So, blue, so CP9 has access to the something. It's like the six forms of fighting. The six powers. Six powers, and there are various ones in... Each person has a mastery over certain ones, and some of them have mastery over all six of them.
1: All of the main CP9 members can use all six of them. Yeah. Some, of them some of them like to use one of them better than others, yeah. but...
0: Like, their Tempest Kick is one of them. Their ability yeah. to skywalk is one of them. Yeah. Um and Body is one of them. Uh, the, the, the Pistol, the Finger Pistol that can yeah. puncture anything is one of them. It's like a one-inch punch with your finger. Yep. And I'm missing two more. Um, uh, shave. Shave, which is basically just... I Anime move, teleporting. I move so fast. Yeah. And let's see.
1: We got Iron Body. Yep. We got... Tempest Kick. Tempest Kick, shave. which is just... You kick so hard that the air becomes a razor. Yep, you cut. You can cut anything with your kick. Uh The Finger Pistol, yeah. sh- shave, Moonwalk, Skywalk. Moon, skywalk. What is the sixth
0: one? There's a sixth one. Not going to spend as much time worrying about it. And... So Luffy has to fight a man who has access to all them. And Bluno, it turns out, is like the fifth most powerful. My least favorite thing about Water 7. Um, you find out Bluno's pretty low on the strike, but he still is a master of the six forms. Mm. So they're fighting, and Luffy unveils. Like, he's getting his shit kicked a little bit. You know what? And, the, and he gets his moment to talk about this. I've dealt with loss, and I realized I had to do something beyond what my body was capable of because I refuse to lose anyone. And obviously, at this point, the stakes are Robin, not a little game, the Davy Bag game. And it's not fighting someone much stronger. It's fighting someone he knows he can beat. And he shows off gear two. And what gear two is, is he uses the rubber in his veins to basically hyperspeed his blood flow. He pumps them like, uh, what, would you, what would you call uh, a... <laughs> I can't think of the name of the of thing. Of the he basically thing. turns himself into a hydraulic pump. Maybe. Hydraulic pump actually works perfect. So yeah, his his legs, the rubber in them makes like this cool wave and it's him super speeding his blood up so he can move very fast, hit very hard and his body's literally steaming but it exhausts him pretty quick. Mm. So he uses it, kicks the absolute shit out of Bluno. It's a pretty small, like pretty, pretty short fight because of that reason. It's to show that Luffy has been training. Mm-hmm. He does it everyone gets to the top you've got chopper you've got sanji zoro nami soga king mm-hmm. and as they're standing there they're all standing up there they're yelling out to robin because robin's on the other side because frankie did a coup de burst to get him out um which is when he basically fills his butt with air it's a super fart yeah it's a super fart and blasts through so they're standing there and spandum is like robin tell them and robin's like leave me alone i want to die you all suck and spandum's laughing having a great time and Luffy's like, he looks down at her and he says, you know, Robin, we're doing this for you. I will not take no for an answer. If you want to die, you're going to do it on my ship. This is where it gives the whole
1: Ohara flashback yeah. about that. And what really is important here is the thing that Jaguar said as Aokiji was freezing him, mm-hmm. which is that someday out there, somewhere out there, someday you will meet people who are true friends. Who they accept, accept you, you for, for you. who you are yeah. and they will be your true friends no matter what. Yeah. And Robin, recalling these words and seeing the straw hat standing defiantly mm-hmm. on the roof across that, realizes that these are those people.
0: Well, and it's because of what Luffy's yelling at her. He says, Robin, we refuse to have anyone else let you do this. And he says to her, if you want to die, you're going to do it on my ship with, with your friends. Mm-hmm. And she's, like, crying and she yell, And he says, I want to hear you say it. He yells out, like... Top of Luffy lungs. I want to hear you say it, and she screams in in response. I like, want to live. Well, yeah.
1: Throughout the whole thing, like Spandam's trying to talk them down. Like you know that, like if you do this, you're crossing yeah. a line. You're going to make an enemy yeah. of the world government. You're going. They're going to come sh- at you with all the power yeah. that they can. Why would you do it for yeah. this woman? And they're like, I'm not talking to you. Yeah. I'm not talking to you, little fuck. Yeah.
0: Shut up. I'm talking to Robin. <laughs> and he and so he he looks to Soga King and he says, Soga King, shoot down their flag. Soga King pulls out his awesome new slingshot and he. Way in and he shoots it and a flame goes right through the world flag and everyone loses their mind cp9 can't believe it Luchi gets a smile he's like oh fucking these guys we haven't even talked
1: about Lucci. And yeah well the whatever we'll guy. get to it
0: Lucci's like look at these guys um uh the people that are all fighting on the ground like stop the navy like looks up and they're like wait he did they did what and then robin screams out i want to live and luffy gets a smile and he's like we got our orders. Right. Let's yeah. fuck shit up. And it turns out what they have to do is get the gate to lower. So all that setup has been the Frankie family getting the gates lowered. Mm-hmm. So this all happens. They look down. Gates are lowering. And they're like, let's fucking go. And they take off towards the building. And this is where I can't remember who I talked about this with. I know we've talked about it a little bit. This is... Ennis Lobby is a 30-episode is a fight arc, mm-hmm. which One Piece, as much as it is an action anime doesn't actually do that often yes fights are romanticized and overblown when they happen like crocodile vs. luffy of course um but they're always split into pieces of conversation um ideologies uh, a purpose they're always like kind of separated around or someone gets stuck luffy gets his hand caught in gold whatever you get these fun things ns lobby from this point on is literally just a i think it's like a good 18 episodes pure fights it's a brawl throughout the entirety
1: of this tower All these fights are going on simultaneously. Fights will occasionally bleed into each other. Like someone will be fighting someone and kick them through a wall into the middle of another fight that's already going
0: on. One episode, uh, uh, Kaku will slice the building in half. The next episode, during Nami and uh, Khalifa's fight, the building slides and they're like, what the fuck? Like The balance of all that is... I would dare someone to point out like a quote-unquote plot hole during the fight scenes. Mm. That is written... Masterfully together, and everyone's going. Everyone's fighting. Some of their powers are a little silly. My biggest complaint about Ennis um, uh, Lobby and Water Seven is that they introduce a power system because a specific character does. Um, I can't remember his name, but he's the Cha-pa-pa guy. Yep. He, uh, if you hit him, he can determine your strength as a person, not your strength like literal, but your strength as a fighter. Um, And everyone has different rankings and there is a little bit of fun. Uh, The wolf guy likes to think he's stronger but Kaku got stronger during their five years. Mm -hmm. Lucci is obviously number one. He's the leopard man who we haven't talked about. Um, That's really stupid. I didn't want power levels and it also sets up the fights between each other, you can almost anticipate who's going to fight who from the Straw Hat crew. Yeah, pretty much. It steals that. It plays
1: around with it a little bit because like, oh, the lowest powered one is Khalifa, so she's probably going to fight Nami. And they're like, oh no, she's fighting Sanji, but actually Sanji can't beat her, so she's fighting Nami. Uh
0: And it does it with Usopp. Uh, the third strongest one, the wolf guy, that's gonna fight Sanji or Zoro, right? Nope, that's fighting Usopp. Oh shit, Usopp got wrecked. So now Usopp and Zoro are teamed up, and they get handcuffed again to each other. So, so Zoro, he's like, "Well, I gotta cut off your hand." And he's just like, "What? You can't cut off?" He's like, "Fine." And he grabs Usopp's entire body, and Usopp's body becomes his sword. Funniest shit ever.
1: But, and even the bad guys are pissed off about this. They're like, "No, oh, like we wanted to like do this fight one on one. Like, yeah. okay, like look, we'll release you if we have the key. <laughs> oh
0: wait, no, we don't have the key. Fine. Yeah. Well, all right." <laughs> yeah, and that's the part where I felt like if you didn't have the power system, these misdirects of fight would be a lot funnier. Mm-hmm. Like they would come more natural. But you ha you don't have to, but you do the powers. I mean, I actually can't even think of why he would do the power system here. Maybe just because he hadn't done it yet. Oda does like to take new things and toss them in as, like, a let's just keep going.
1: Yeah, let's try this out. Yeah. Hey, Honestly, it doesn't come up very yeah. much, so yeah. it's not like...
0: Oh, like... well, it never comes up again. No, Spoiler alert. It never comes up again in the anime. Mm. They don't worry about power levels from here on out. It's specific for Ennis Lobby, and I don't understand why, but... Um, Especially like, like I said, he likes to do these things. You know, uh, uh, Fishman Island is fun. Skypia is this; it has its themes, and Wano is like, hey, I'm a Japanese man writing writing a massively popular Japanese anime. Guess what? Samurai City for hundred episodes. Like, that's all cool stuff. Why the power levels, man? Mm. Take, remove them, and it makes the arc better. The arc is already incredible, and it makes it better. Um, also, during all of this. Spandam is dragging Robin to the gates. Naturally, I mean that's the whole point, right? Uh,
1: and, and it's pretty, uh, it's pretty brutal, uh, what, because so Robin does have her Devil Fruit powers, but sh- the the handcuffs that they have her in are like the Sea Prism handcuffs, yep. which neutralize Devil Fruit powers, so Robin can't actually do anything to resist yep. Spandam. Spandam's a pushover himself. Yeah, he's a bitch, but. Like he is reveling in the fact that he has power over this woman
0: on a level that is very disturbing. Mm. He literally hits her whenever he wants. He implies what is going to happen to her when they get to Impel Down. Mm. That is not necessarily cool. Um, he is uh, always talking about how I finally have you and I get to do what I want with you. And he's just that this is his dream. The best part about Spandam. Is how goddamn incompetent he is. So when Luffy and the crew is all coming in, they're like, Sir, we have casualties. Straw Hat Luffy's here. And he's like, How many? And there's like, 500. And he's like, five? It can't be 500. Or no, he says 300. And he goes, No, wait, wait, wait. Maybe five. And he doesn't get to say 500 because he gets punched out by Luffy. So Spandam's <laughs> just like, Oh, only five? Nah, you guys got it. You got it under control. Whatever, let's keep going. So that's one of those like catch ups where it's, it, it just, luffy and them could have all been stopped if cp9 walked off stepped foot on the main ground and fought with everybody the straw hats are done but no he wanted the control he oh that's another point of him just like he revels in his control over robin being able to boss Luchi around is like his bread and butter he yeah. knows he's so, nothing so is the
1: hand. strongest guy in cp9 yes he's he number one he has the the cat cat fruit
0: leopard version yep that is his his devil fruit power. And, and this is where they point out the difference in Zoan-type fruits, because Kaku gets the giraffe and the wolf and all that. They actually point out, this is why devil fruits are better than Nen. Um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Except I'm not. The But they point out that the Zones your devil fruit affects your personality, and the Zoan carnivores, like the leopard, you get a bloodlust when you're in your fight. Mm. You It's not inherent to you, but once the fight starts, you've got to you've got to really ride that train because obviously you're a a carnivorous animal. Mm -hmm. Um, So the leopard being like the top predator of cats, whatever they want to call it, he's brutal. And it shows his backstory in which he is just a mass murderer. Also, he kind of looks like Slash from Guns N' Roses. Kind of. He looks exactly like Slash from Guns N' Roses. Um, He is a mass murderer. He's always been a murderer. And to work with CP9, he gets to murder for free. Yeah, Not even like the Shikibukai, not like the Seven Warlords. He literally gets to wor- murder for free, and he loves it. it gets, it's, he has this whole philosophy, which he calls Dark Justice, yeah. which is
1: kind of a funny name, but, you know. I
0: mean, it's, it's awesome because it balances off of Akainu's ultimate justice, <laughs> uh, who is one of the admirals who, in Ohara, his big thing, this sets the stage for Akainu, Akainu later, his big thing is he believes in ultimate justice. There is no such thing as these gray areas to him. So... In Ohara, when the buster call is happening and it's killing everyone, there is a ship of refugees that were all scanned by the world government. There was people there who said either yes or no to you based on your history and who you were. So the refugees were supposed to be people that couldn't read Poneglyphs and had no relation to anything going on. Akainu shoots that ship down and kills everyone on it. And when Aokiji, which is why he let Robin go, asks him why, he says, if even one person was on that ship with the refugees, our entire mission was in vain, and we did not complete our true form of justice. Mm. Fucking brutal. It's depre- It's gross that he w- is that kind of guy. But it causes Aokiji to be like, that's fucked up. All right, I got to let Robin go. And
1: Lucci is kind of like that, where he believes that basically if you have committed a crime, you mm-hmm. deserve to die. Yep. Because even a small crime could snowball into something much worse, yep. it, so it all needs to be stopped. Yep. But he also has an interesting definition of what he considers a criminal offense. Yeah. Uh, because he believes that failing to complete your duty, the whatever task was assigned to you, whatever orders you were given, if you fail to complete that...
0: It is as bad as if you had betrayed the organization that gave you that order. And when Weasel failed to stop Frankie, he murders him on the train. Yes. Yep. Because he the... failed
1: to do his duty. Yep. And there's a whole story in his backstory where the uh, the Navy was assisting uh, – or no, it wasn't the – it was a country under the world government. Yeah. Uh, they were fighting a war against a, uh, against pirates. Yeah. Uh, and the pirates beat their army. Their army is forced to surrender to these pirates. And Lucci is brought in to intervene in the this war, and the king wants him to rescue his soldiers who are being held hostage by the pirates. Yep. But Lucci kills the pirates and the soldiers. The pirates deserve to die because they're pirates. The soldiers deserve to die because they failed to stop the pirates, and
0: that was their job. And he has the devil's fruit already at that point, and mm-hmm. it shows him like it even has this cool scene where he's like shadowy with the eyes. You're like, oh, fuck, this guy's been a murderer since day one. And that's where he got the bloodlust and all that kind of good stuff.
1: But other than the cool backstory, Luffy doesn't really have a whole lot of agency in the arc. He's no. basically just following Spandam's orders start to finish. Yeah. We, we get enough about him to know that he's kind of a bad guy and the whole thing is interesting. But he basically, at the end of the day, is just a big guy for Luffy to fight at the end.
0: Yep. And he's the and he, I do like that he is um, a company man. I think that's a nice turn on him a little bit. Like... Mm. You can, they do it, you do it all the time in, in these kinds of stories where there's some, you go against an order because of the way that you are, but no, following orders to a T is his trait, so it's kind of,
1: um. He definitely doesn't like Spandam because Spandam's a fuck-up, and yeah. again, we've established that Lucci has no, like, tolerance for that yeah. kind of thing, but Spandam's also his superior officer, so it conflicts his own, uh, yeah. principles. He has to follow him because that is his duty. Yeah but he doesn't like him because Spandam is really bad at doing his duty. <laughs> yeah,
0: he's bad at everything he does. And when he gets the reins taken off, like when Spandam finally says, all right, Luchi, take care of Luffy, all Noah holds barred. You know, he just lets go, um, which is a very cool fight scene. But it's also, again, where I'm like, I don't need it. Just I, I can't get over the fact that, like you said, just a strong guy to fight with him. Mm-hmm. The power level just reinforces that. It's like, hey, Luchi's over 9,000. So- get ready for the him Luffy fight. So,
1: like, I guess, like, at this point, we've pretty much spelled out all what Water 7 is. Yeah. And we can we can kind of just fast forward through to the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, everyone fights everyone. CP9 is defeated. Yeah. Luffy has a fight with Luchi. It's a very... It's an intense fight. Uh, Luffy brings out mm-hmm. third gear, which is... He, he makes his fist super big and he, punches really hard. He basically hardly, inflates, that? yeah. He, for
0: it, some reason, inflating full of air makes you punch much harder. Uh, so they just—it's it, fine. Just roll with it. So that gets. This is one of those things where I can I can see how it'd be a negative. That gets I ex- don't think it's a negative. That gets explained later why it's strong though. Okay. So for now, all you have to go on is he fills it up, but it actually mm-hmm. there is a reason why it's as strong as it is.
1: Uh, at some point, Spandam orders a Buster Call on in uh, lobby. Uh, I, accidentally, but then he, you know, being spandom and being such a fuck up, he's like, "Oh no, this is totally on yeah. purpose. I, I, I did, wanted this, this. Was this was my strategy? Let's get through time. the gates."
0: <laughs> and he's like, "Let's get out of here." He doesn't care that he just killed millions, well, thousands of of navy soldiers. And again, neither does Lucci because yeah, again, they him. failed at their job, yeah. so fuck them. Uh, Chopper gets the first reveal that he is way stronger than he's ever gotten credit for. He eats his fourth. Uh, uh, Rumble Ball. Yeah, he basically does combat drugs to like, yeah, uh, psych himself up. So and he
1: overdoses on them. Yeah. So
0: as uh, uh, zone level fruits have multiple forms to them. Everyone can do them. You can either go full into the thing you are t- turning into, or you can do a hybrid form. Tony Tony Chopper, because of his medical background, has figured out uh, a drug that allows him to basically create as many forms as he needs and because he's a deer he uses them so he has uh, like um, uh defense point where he gets a lot of fur so he, you can't penetrate in and hurt him. He's got a uh, kick point or strong point or whatever where his legs get super beefy so he can run as a deer. He can mm. run super fast. All these different points. When he eats his fourth rumble ball though it's too much and he turns into Godzilla. It's actually third.
1: It oh it's his third? Three. Okay. The second one his powers become stronger but they become unstable so he can't actually choose which form he's switching to. Right. Every time he switches, he gets a random form.
0: Right. Um, He turns into Godzilla, which is like a 50-foot-tall deer guy. His eyes are blacked over. His hair's all crazy. His horns are huge. And he just attacks anything he sees. He loses his personality in this moment, mostly, not always.
1: Frankie is also kind of fighting alongside the Straw Hats at this point, because when he hears Robin's resolve to live and their resolve to rescue her... He realizes if the Straw Hats win and they take Robin back, she is not going to uh, be, resurrect the Pluton. Yeah, she's not going to be evil. So, he burns the Blueprints.
0: Yeah. He, so he basically says,
1: I'm gambling now that you're not going to keep Robin. That yeah. Robin is not going to get through the gates of justice. I believe that... in the Straw Hats. Mm. which is So, I'm going to burn this so
0: you have no other recourse. It's right. Robin or nothing. Right. Um, so, yeah. Like DJ said, everyone wins. Um no one dies in this arc that I know of. Except Spandam. Except Spandam, thank God. Um, uh, Robin breaks him in half. Yeah. Because yeah. right. when she finally gets the cuffs off, she's just like, oh, you. Yeah. Crutch! <clears throat> and she snaps him like a damn twig. Um,
1: a really good moment is that uh, Luffy is about to be defeated by Luchi. Mm-hmm. He's used his other gears, and they all take a huge toll on him whenever yeah. he does it. He's got nothing left. He's broken and beaded. And Usopp finally takes off the yeah. mask. And as Usopp yells, "Come on, Luffy! I know you're. I know you're better than this. You can beat him." I,
0: I think he calls him Captain in that too. He, I think he does. Yeah, yeah, he's like, "Come on, Captain! You can do this or something." And of course, that's all. When you're Luffy and you and you literally live for <laughs> hype, like you are the essential hype man. And he he stands
1: back up and he's like, "I'm not going to let you knock me down anymore till I've beaten you." Yeah. And that and he actually. Doesn't.
0: That's another one of those things that comes back in Whole Cake Island in the six hundreds, like the fa- th- that sort of resolve for Luffy. Um, and he yeah, and he beats the shit out of him with a really awesome uh, uh, machine gun, gomu gomu machine gun or Gatling gun. That's what it's and called. then immediately falls over
1: because he's pushed himself beyond his limit and yeah. he can't
0: move anymore. Um, he actually talks about how. Um, Every time he uses his gears, it, like, pulls from his life force, too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's he's done. He, and he actually almost dies because of it. Everything's crumbling, he's falling, and they don't know what to do. I can't remember who grabs a hold of him. But then you hear, or you hear, like, something, and you hear Usopp yell, we need to jump. Everybody, jump! And, the, and they're like, but the ocean, and this is, why would we, that's stupid, we're gonna all die. But much like they've been, you know, led to believe this whole time in the fact that trust is the entirety of this arc... All right, we're going to jump. And they jump off, and what, sure enough, the Going Mary saves them. It comes out the water, and yeah, it,
1: it. It just drifted all the way there from yep. Water
0: 7. Yep. And.
1: Uh, this is so good. So. I mean, we even skipped over some cool moments like uh, Usopp sniping to, to save Robin as she's about to get pulled through the gates. Yeah. I think that was the cool yeah. Usopp moment you were talking about, and I feel like uh, that we don't talk my about. My
0: favorite it. Usopp moment is shooting down the flag, but yeah, that, oh, is yeah. A, that is a really good one. He is. It's shown that you sure physically you're not good, but your brain and your skill as a sniper is where you are irreplaceable.
1: Like guns cannot outrange uh, Usopp slingshot. Yeah, he can he can fire with accuracy from well beyond the range that a navy rifle can. Yeah,
0: um, so he does some badass stuff there. But now we get into post Enes lobby. Okay. The the going Mary dies. The going Mary dies, and you find out what I was talking about earlier. Iceberg. After he sent them all away, is out there working, and there's a ship, and he and he, and he has a heart-to-heart with the ship, and he literally talks to the Going Merry. Iceberg, being the, the the successor to the greatest ship, shipwright ever, has the ability—well, it's not really ability. He even points out that this don't happen. Like, the Going Mary's special, and here's why. And it turns out the Going Merry asked him, please just fix me enough— so I can go save my crew. And they,
1: they, they do establish earlier that if a ship has a very strong bond with a crew, yep. it can, like, manifest as, like, a spirit. Yep. So Going Mary has this spirit. Yep.
0: And so that's why the ship was able to, as destroyed as it was, make it to them. He Iceberg fixed it the best he could. Gets them back, and then it says, thank you, I love you, and has a Viking funeral.
1: It, yeah, the, the ship, like, gets them to Iceberg who has, like, sailed out after them in their ship. And once it realizes they're safe, like, the Going Mary just splits in half. It just
0: starts breaking, yeah. And And it it does show you where the break was earlier on when they're talking about how broken it is. It is literally, like, right down the center, the entire keel is is done.
1: And, yeah, they basically have a funeral for the Going Mary. There's, like, an insert song and everything. It is played... With all of
0: the gravity of a serious character death. Because it was a serious character. The Going it Mary, is. I think we've talked about it. The first time I ever saw it watching and when they say that it's their ship, I was like, this is a short-term ship, right? Like, <laughs> look at this goddamn thing. Like, they're going to get another ship. It's going to be cooler. And that's I, true. Yeah, 200 episodes yeah. later, I was like, no way. And, and I love the Going Mary. I want to get, I asked for for my birthday, I want to get a little replica Going Mary for my desk. Don't get me wrong, the Thousand Year Sunny, which you find out is their new ship that Frankie built Using this very ancient p- type of wood. That's what he spent the $2 million he stole on. $200 million. Two. Yeah. It's a very specific type of wood from an ancient extinct tree, and it's the exact same type that was used. It's the sister wood to the keel for Goldie Rogers' ship. And he built this most beautiful ship out of
1: it. Yeah, he is super grateful to
0: the Straw Hats because they basically avenged Tom by doing this. Yep. And he says, Thank you for everything. I, this is all I can do for you. Like, take this. And Luffy, yeah. <laughs> in classic Luffy fashion, is like, Come on. Yeah, Come on, guy. You,
1: uh, you should be our ship, at, <laughs> ship right now. And also, uh, because of the events at Eni's lobby, the. The Navy, first of all, like they do, they spin it. Yeah. Like, oh, this wasn't a buster call. This wasn't something we did ourselves. The Straw Hats attacked us. did all yeah. it. Mean, they, they pin it all on the Straw Hats, which gives Luffy a massive bounty. Every crew member now has a bounty. Except... And Frank... Uh, even Chopper has a
0: bounty. All oh, right, it's, it's, it's just five. 50, it's fifty berries. Fifty berries. But right. He has a bounty. And Sanji's poster is not Sanji. It's that. It is wee- an artist rendering of Sanji that looks <laughs> yeah, really stupid. So good. Um And Usopp does not have a bounty. So the king, king has, has a bounty, which is so awesome. <laughs> I love that about that. Um...
1: Yeah, and Frankie gets a bounty too, yeah. because of his part in this. And they realize that he can't stay in Water Seven. Water Seven's yeah. really close to the world government. Yeah. It he works with the to...
0: world government.
1: Yeah. They would not he would not be able to live in peace there. Yeah. So everyone the Frankie family gets together and like, you should take Frankie and Luffy's like yeah. Oh, yeah, 100% we
0: should tank Frankie. This, this is your ship. Great. You know how to do this. Like, we need you.
1: Frankie was a shipwright who has connections to Gold Roger, <laughs> and he's an all-around good dude, and I like yeah. him now, and he's yeah. my best
0: friend now, so he yeah. obviously needs the job come with us. And the Thousand-Year Sunny has, like, basically the dream compartment for everyone. It has a fish tank for Sanji to keep all the stuff they're going to catch and eat. Beautiful kitchen. It has a workout room for Zoro up top <laughs> that just has big weights in yeah. it. I don't know if you've seen that yet. There's an awesome scene where Zoro's doing one-handed push-ups with, like, 2,000 pounds on his feet. It's awesome. And, uh, and uh, so, of course, they have, a, they have a nice conversation with Frankie over some, like, cock and ball torture. Of course. And, uh... and uh, oh, and uh, Garp shows up. Yeah. And he says, hey, I'm your grandfather and Monkey D. Dragon, leader of the Revolutionary Army. That's your dad. Can you believe it? You guys are crazy. You should get out of here. And when they start sailing away, he says, fuck, no, I can't let them go actually like yeah i love him and he's my grandson and i think he's wonderful but uh he's kind of terrible and i'm a navy guy you all see, right you see colby and Tel- Helmeppo here they, are, they've gotten grown. way bigger way stronger well not way stronger but probably hell actually looks kind of cool even though he still has a butt chin yeah he's still stupid but he does look better and colby's got a cool headband now and the or goggles is it goggles around his head Everything uh yeah
1: well, Helmeppo had, like a stupid bull cut when you yeah. first meet him, but now he's got, like a long hair ponytail that works. He better also for wore him.
0: like what the purple suit? And now he's yeah. in an actual navy uniform,
1: so you th- that actually makes a better point of this in the manga of pointing this out. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Morgan and Helmepo, they both have the butt chin, but Morgan had the broken jaw, so he has the the iron jaw. But uh, Morgan's whole thing is that he is really he, he has, like, Long, luxurious hair, but he's got this big, like, toxic masculinity thing, so he's ashamed of his beautiful beautiful hair. So he shaves it into like a a crew cut and is always like, Oh, big on how manly he is. And that's kind of rubbed off on Helmeppo, but like, Helmeppo looks better when he grows his hair
0: out and isn't trying to make a dick of himself, isn't looking like an idiot. (laughs) Yeah, um, so then Garp goes after them tries to attack him they of course they do the end of arc thing where it's like we've grown and we know better so they stop all the cannonballs that garp just hucks at him that's his power apparently i just i throw things really hard i'm like the randy johnson of this universe Uh and uh so they stop it all and garp lets him go
1: Um, uh they they have a point like well they can't let Usopp back unless he sincerely apologizes which he does
0: at the last minute, and they take Usopp back. And Luffy is oh, all too thrilled. He's, he's on the shore, and he's like, "I can't do it. I have to do it." Ah, I'm sorry, Luffy. And then just the big rubber hands come all the way out, grab, and fling him back to the ship. And they're crying. Yeah.
1: It, oh, it's it's great. Yeah. And um, oh, there's a there's a scene between uh, Robin and Aokiji. They're having like a celebration party at the end, mm-hmm. and Aokiji says, "Yeah." When I saw what the the route you were going and how you, like you wanted to die and all of this, I was like, okay, uh, th- this is where it has to end. So I authorized the buster call. Mm-hmm. I was the one who pushed Spandom to do all of this. But I see throughout all of this that you've changed when you decided to accept the straw hats mm-hmm. and like I'm going to I'm going to be watching you. I'm going to be watching the path you take but
0: I think you're on a better path now and I'm going to stop interfering with you. Yeah. And Aokiji gets some big stuff um, throughout. You can tell this guy is not, he's not like a kainu. He is not a company man. He doesn't believe in this. He doesn't believe in a perfect form of living. He just believes that don't tre- tread the line Very tightly. You don't don't be ridiculous and go hard in either direction. Yeah, he
1: basically says at the beginning, "Yes, I I believe from what I saw that you were dangerous, that you wanted to die and you would let the world burn with you if you could." Yeah. Now, I think you've changed. I think if you stay with the straw hats, then you're on the
0: right path. Yeah. So I'm going to I'm I'm going to let this happen and I'm going to back off of you. Yeah. It's it's yeah. I mean, I know this was a very hectic speed run of Water Seven and Ennis Lobby, but to be honest. We could talk this long about just Water 7. We wouldn't even get to Ennis Lobby.
1: We could though. talk this long about just post-Ennis Lobby if we wanted yeah, to be
0: real. post-Ennis Lobby was very good. The we, setup to Water 7. We zoomed through
1: time. it. There's a ton of setup for what's going on. They talk about the New World, which is yeah. where they're going next.
0: Yeah, so Grand Line is split. They show they show you that the Grand Line's is actually not the end-all, be-all. You, you have a second piece of the Grand Line, which is called the New World, which is where people like Akin, or, uh, yeah. Aokiji are capable of living. It's
1: past, it's past the first half of the Grand Line. It's flipped by the Red Line, which yep. is a which is the one big continent of the world, and it basically like wraps around. Like the Grand Line's the equator, the Red Line is the prime meridian. Yeah. But the Red Line's all land, and there's like one canal through it that
0: is the Grand Line. Yep. Um, and and you're and and it and it helps set the stage. Like there's a reason why CP9 even had people to answer for, despite how strong they were you're going to get into some more shit. Like, you, you don't even yep. know what you're headed towards. Yeah,
1: out there, there's these guys, the Four Emperors, the, the Yonko. Which, which we... Four
0: Emperors. Yep, <laughs> we know uh, two of them? Yep, Shanks and... Whitebeard. Uh, Whitebeard. Uh, Whitebeard, my favorite character in all of One Piece. And the the
1: four of them are basically the balance of power in the New World. They are the prime candidates to be the next king of the pirates.
0: They're all fighting each other for the yeah. title. So basically, uh, the Shikibukai are the seven strongest pirates that are willing to work for the Navy. The four Yonkos are the four pirates that are just way stronger and navy could never even dream of getting them to talk to him at best they can
1: hope that the they keep their fighting to the new world and yeah. don't cause too much destruction in their yeah. wake
0: deal with each other leave us alone and we won't touch you is kind of the deal there mm-hmm. um there is so much world building at the end of waters it, throughout the whole thing there's threads yeah. given throughout but you're the...
1: you're setting the world government into play you're mm-hmm. giving some you're, you're really giving a lot of character work to Luffy, Usopp, and Robin particularly. Yeah,
0: those three get the most. Zoro gets some nice call-outs. You, you get a much stronger ship dynamic now, crew dynamic now. Mm-hmm. Um, you get a better understanding that they are not capable of everything. I think that's the important part, right? So yep. like when you're watching Dragon Ball Z, you always know Super Saiyan blank is around the corner. Mm-hmm. I think this does a good job of showing like, yeah, Super Saiyan Blank probably couldn't even handle what you've got. Like, you you've been easy potatoes while you play around. We're done playing. Like, that's kind of the feel I get from Water Seven and his lobby and setting They've
1: made enemies of the world government now. Yeah. The world government at first was, you know, you know, just treating them like any other pirates, yeah. you know. And there's plenty of pirates along, all but, over, yeah. But the world government isn't actively out to get yeah. specifically the straw hats, but
0: now they are specifically yeah. an enemy of the world government. They are on the radar. You are becoming, uh, you're getting a, a, a amount of no, notoriety that is going to really fuck with your ability to just show up and have fun. Because mm-hmm. that's what they do. They show up and have fun. They're searching for to be the Pirate King and they're having a good time. Um, but they head out. Uh, do they say where the, they just say I'm headed to the new world? Oh, Fishman Island is. Oh, where of course, they're, right, they're, right. Their log poses lot linked them to Fishman Island. Yep. They're setting out to go there. Yep. And Fishman Island was set up at the end of Arlong Park, uh, kind of with like. It's where the fishmen are from, of course. Um, but Luffy gets excited about they, that. They
1: mention that it's also like a resort island. Yeah. So it's it's like a big vacation spot, and they're like, Oh, good. Well, after all that, I think we could all
0: use a vacation. Let's go to Fishman Island. Yep. And. Uh, it's 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 i can't talk more because i'm going to start comparing it to hunter hunter now i'm ready to talk about chimera uh i thought so so is water seven Ennis lobby let's end with just a few questions i'm going to hit you with okay is Ennis lobby water seven your favorite arc so far or no Mm, that's tough because Skyrim is really good but i'm going to say
1: yes okay i'm going to say yes because of how intensely personal the stakes are. Mm-hmm. How it, it has both intensely personal stakes, but also a very large scale. There's multiple factions. Yeah. Like, we didn't even mention that there, there's a lot that we didn't cover that's in there, yeah. like how the lost Shipwrights are also fighting alongside the Frankie family at and yeah. uh, his lobby. Like, there's, they join them on the Rocket Man. And a lot of characters we didn't Kokoro's a mermaid about. <laughs> yeah. uh, and
0: rescues them from getting flooded out in a passage. Yeah. Um,. So, okay, I think that's a good point of, of how it can, ba- it, can, it can balance the dynamics of personal storytelling with world building. Mm. I don't think anyone does that better than Oda, personally. It's very tightly written. Yeah. Um, so, next question. What is... you? Th- this one's a little bit of a loaded question. You would agree that they are not separate arcs. All three have to be together. Water Seven and his lobby post
1: Lobby. Yeah, they're pretty much all one story, although they are split into three arcs in the like, manga categorization. Yeah. Like Water Seven is everything up through the sea train chase. Yeah. Then Ennis Lobby is just everything that takes place at Ennis Lobby yep. up through the funeral, of the going merry. Yeah. And then post Ennis Lobby is everything
0: where they get back. Oh my god, them. we didn't even talk about the fact that it shows you Portgas D Ace fight Marshall D Teach. Oh, that is actually the end of it. That's the setup, the final episode where it's yep. just like, guess what? Shit's
1: popping so off. Ace, Luffy's half-brother. Yep. We've met him before. He's hunting down this guy, Blackbeard. Mm-hmm. Blackbeard was a member of Whitebeard's crew. Until he killed someone. He killed a, He killed someone and took their devil. They found a devil fruit. Uh, it establishes that Blackbeard, the entire reason that he joined Whitebeard's crew in the first place was to find this specific devil fruit. Mm-hmm. The dark, dark fruit. Yep. Uh, and since this guy
0: had it and he wanted it, he kills the guy and steals the fruit. And runs away, and there is no bigger... Ace calls this out a few times, and Whitebeard, when him and Shanks meet and fight it out over the fact that Shanks asks him to pull back Ace, um, he's like, you don't understand, he killed a member of the crew. Like, that's that's the number one strike in Pirate Code. You can't Mm. harm your crew. He killed someone. Ace will never stop, and I would never ask him to stop. So you get the fight scene of them, too. Um, which is, oh, you don't see the fight scene yet, right? You just see no. the big pump, like the they, fire There's just a the little don't...
1: clash. Okay.
0: And they're like, oh. So, so that sets up some, some pretty big tones, uh, going on forward for, for that part of the world. Um, what is your favorite moment?
1: That's oh, the hardest That's road. hard. Yeah.
0: Cause there's, there's a few big
1: moments that stand out. Right. The, uh, the Usopp and Luffy fight okay. is an extremely good moment. mm mm-hmm uh and shooting through the flag is an ex- I- i'd say oh, those so those two are in contention for the best moment yeah i'm gonna give it to the usopp luffy fight though okay uh over the flat because while the flag is a big moment it feels like a big pivotal turning point and it is just luffy being a huge badass it was my wallpaper on my computer
0: for like a year
1: the yeah the imagery from that like i've seen the manga panel of it yeah and I've seen what they do in the anime. It's it's an amazing image of them just standing on the roof, staring down at CP nine, yeah. declaring that this is what they're fighting. It, it's great. Yeah. But the Usopp Luffy fight is just set up so well. Yeah. The two characters are written so well that I can feel for both of them. It's it's tragic and it's inevitable. And yeah. the fight itself is very clever. The fallout from it, it it's it's great. It's yeah. great stuff.
0: I mean. I've said it a million times, I'll say it again. Usopp vs. Luffy is the greatest thing in all of One Piece to me. It's one of the greatest moments in anything I've seen in terms of how it makes you feel when you followed it for that long. You know, it's like in uh, freaking Breaking Bad when, you know, Hank dies and everyone's like, oh, it's this, that, and the other. I was like, yeah, it's fine. I don't give a shit. For One Piece, it's that version for me. It's just such a brutal moment. You don't see it coming. I'm happy that it didn't last. I'm happy it wasn't the end-all be-all for Usopp and Luffy. Um, and it also holds weight throughout the arc. It's not a one-off moment. It's a buildup and a payoff of how they both have to deal with what happened, how they have to subvert each other to for the greater good of what they're fighting against, and then the final apology at the end. It's phenomenal. Ah, it's so good. Um, but yeah, that's all I got to say about what. No, it's not. But that's all I'm going to say about Water Seven. And for now, episode. I think
1: we're. Go- I think we'll be able to talk a bit more about Water Seven when we actually get to the comparison part. Yeah,
0: for sure. Um, um but 10 out of 10 hands down oh it's a it's a great arc What what were we talking about when i would always give everything a 10 out of 10 oh craig and i doing watchman issues yeah, we, we ranked everything at the end and i always said 10 out, actually one i think i gave a 9.5 mm-hmm. but whatever i always thought that was funny but all right we'll wrap it up there uh next episode we are going to be talking all about hunter hunter i think that one's not gonna be quite as long because there is a lot to get into. There's less Hunter Hunter than there is One Piece, though, just by yeah, volume. Right. I mean, even even just like arc versus arc, it's a smaller arc. So it's much more self-contained than
1: Water Seven. Yeah. Because in order to fully understand Water Seven, you had to understand all this background with Robin
0: right. and the Pluton, and you had to understand Usopp and a hundred ship two hundred and ten episodes, mm-hmm. whereas Hunter Hundred sixty to to get caught up to Chimera. So yeah. you get to build a little differently, and and the storytelling's also the timing is different. So I think it'll be a little shorter, but that'll be the next episode. And then we'll do our comparison. So yep. until next time, thank you for listening to Men of the Machine. I'm Kevin. I'm DJ. Yep. See you next time. I was busy dreaming about taking you apart. And as you can see, over here we have the Men of the Machine.